Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. I was trying to work out why Paul Hollywood's sausage roll would be illegal. And I'm assuming it's the filling, because it has to have a certain amount of filling to make it a proper sausage roll. Or perhaps it's something completely different. It's to do with that sort of girl he was out with the other day. I don't know. I'm just sort of, I haven't read the story. For, like, were you going to say the same thing? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> because I've had some quite small sausage rolls in my time. And, you know, you know the ones you can pop in your mouth and, you can, and then you get the really big ones. They do a jumbo one at Waterloo Station. It's huge. Far too big for a little thing like me. And then Lydia Dim. I mean, what a stupid... She's got this new boyfriend, for that read, somebody who doesn't really want a conversation. And she then does the ultimate insult to poor Arch. She goes, oh, he's Mr Teeny Tiny. And I thought, either you're as thick as a brick, which, of course, we know you are, because we've seen you on Celebrity Mastermind. Celebrity and Mastermind not quite going together in the same room for you. And then and we've seen pictures of Arch. You think that's small, do you, dear? Oh, my goodness. How seriously worrying, honestly. What a peculiar person she is. But there again, we've seen her on the television. We've seen her on that, was it the five-star hotel thing? She was a bit thick on that as well. I don't know what these people are doing nowadays. Uh, We found the best breakfast fry-up. There's a very good breakfast fry-up, which I think is toast, sausage, bacon, beans, and mm, sausage, sausage, bacon, beans, toast. might be something else as well. For a quid... 99p, I thought could do with that one this morning. And the other one, which has just beaten off all the celebrities, under four pounds, under four pounds. And it's it's sort of it's apparently a super duper breakfast. We've decided we want that one as well. We're starving. Absolutely ravenous. Uh, The Daily Mail obviously have a deal going with uh, with number seven, the makeup range in boots, because every time something comes out in number seven, their uh, person plugs it like there's no tomorrow going, oh, this is the saviour. Listen, if any of these creams were working or any good, there'd be one of them. Okay, they'd all operate to the same formula. This is 38 pounds. It's a wrinkle cream. Oh, I mean, I'm assuming if you buy a vat full of it and immerse yourself in it, you're going to be wrinkle free. Of course you're not. It's just rubbish, isn't it, really? Um, does anybody still splash on Old Spice? Old Spice? Anybody there? Uh, before you before you say anything, that is not Victoria Beckham's nickname, OK? Which is very cruel, and I wouldn't say things like that. Uh, also, uh, the family forced to flee their home. The electric car that they owned burst into flames while they were charging it. Uh, Donald Trump... Has warned Russia. Oh my God! How does man ever get elected? It's, I mean, seriously, I don't know whether to start building an Anderson shelter or sort of hoping that I'm going to be taken by some uh, some dreadful illness. He's mad, isn't he? You can just see him doing it. You can just see him doing it. I think we're going to send missiles on the way to Syria, and you could see Russia going. I don't think you are actually, and Trump going. Nobody tells me what to do. Well, in between paying off you know, uh, adult actresses. Um, and things like that. The Trenchfoot ex-soldier, he wins £800,000. He got Trenchfoot through being in puddles. My God, I tell you, if that was allowed all the time, 99.9% of the uh, the blokes in World War One would be suing. Also, Prince William wants to name his third child after the Aston Villa footballer Jack Grealish. Please don't make me say anything. Uh, but, I mean, I can't quite understand. So, uh, so William goes off wearing his little scarf, because that's what he's seen pictures of, people wearing scarves at football matches. And um, he goes, oh, yeah, I want to name after Jack Greenish and all the rest of it. And we're thinking, is it, I mean, what does he do? Does, anybody, does, does William have a job or is he just fanny around? Does somebody, can somebody put me right on this one? Does he, he cuts ribbons. That must be really difficult. Because nobody's done a stroke of work in that family for ages. Harry's done nothing apart from stay holed up 
in Kensington Palace. Somebody's he had anything to do? No, they don't have jobs. William doesn't do diddly squat. Kate apparently is on maternity leave. From what? And Meghan Markle, well, she's finished in suits. They're going to kill her off. Oh, sorry about that. Spoiler alert. But as I say, none of you ever watched the thing in the first place. And uh, what's she going to do for the rest of her life? Nothing. If she thinks she's going out shopping all the time, they'll soon stop that. Oh, blimey. Uh, And um, Timmy from the Overtones dies at the age of 36. They're not sure what he died of. They don't know if he fell off a balcony or it was something else. Either way, 36, way too young. Uh, Michael Parkinson, talking in the papers, living with cancer as uh, well. And Paul O'Grady to host the NHS Heroes Awards. And then Labour... Labour promise all the under-25s don't include you, Aussie boy, does it anymore, because you're over 25. And uh, they promised you free bus travel. Uh, The the idea is, Corbyn has come up with this wheeze of an idea, that if you give the under-25s free bus travel, you will then save the money. What planet is he on? Is it Planet Jeremy? They won't save the money, they'll... Up the wall, won't they, with booze and sweeties and stuff like that? They won't be saying, oh, Jeremy Corbyn's given us free bus pass. We'll be saving the money. Let's put it into a piggy bank. Of course they won't. They're not like that. They're under 25s. They're out in Shoreditch partying down, you know, with some some girls around there that you can sort of meet and talk about things to. Uh, Also, the huge markup on kitty nibbles, that's pussy nibbles, and dog snacks. Because apparently you pay through the nose for this stuff. And it's really, really expensive. Mike Bushell falls in the water. Good. If there's ever anybody who was ever irritating at the BBC, apart from all the weather people, apart from a couple of them, one who can draw and one who can't, uh, Mike Bushell is the irritating one. So there he sits there. He could be any age between 35 and 70. You have no idea. It's very difficult to tell. And he sits there and, and then they go, so where have you been today? Oh, today I've been playing netball or something. Anyway, this time he falls in the water. He was retrieved. <laughs> Eight million Brits who stay up late risk an early death. So don't don't stay up late. Don't stay up late. I don't stay up late. Well, I can't. I haven't got the energy to stay up late. I'm, I'm sort of falling asleep all over the place. Uh, we take your texts and emails. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk uh, Also, what was the other one, actually? Oh, Daly's hubby. Tom Daly. They both turned up on a radio station the other day talking about... I don't know what they were talking about. Gays having babies or something. I wasn't... I mean, I didn't, I didn't quite see the point of it. I didn't quite see the point. So one is Tom Daly, who's very famous, who's pulled out of the... Pulled out of swimming, hasn't he? Hasn't he done something? I'm sure somebody said he'd pulled out. I'm sure they said that anyway. But uh, And his hubby is a filmmaker and activist or something like that. Uh, too erotic. Versailles has been axed. I'd love to imagine... Imagine living in Versailles. You can go there, which is quite nice. Lovely picture of Cliff Richard. He took the tube. Why shouldn't he? He's a very down-to-earth person. And uh, twitchers flocking to Britain. Aren't they mad as fruitcakes? Twitchers. People who go out there. Oh, look, there's a bittern. Oh, there's a great tit. Oh, look, a heron. Oh, look, a pterodactyl. God, they all sit there with their long lenses. And uh, they're just they're just boring people, you know. Oh, I think we go bird watching today. It's going to sit in a hide with other peculiar people. Uh, council's planning to charge for how heavy your bins are. And Culture Club, get ready to tour Britain again. We need the money. We really need the money. Da, 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 da. Except Boy George, I shouldn't. Uh, I don't think he needs the money at all, does he? Uh, eight for eight five zero. Oh, looking forward to your quick wit and repartee this morning, says Steve. Unlikely. Unlikely. I can't think of any quick repartee. I was thinking about this before the... Uh, what do you point at me for? What do you point at me for? When I interviewed Boy George. I know, he said to me, he'd actually come in from Mr M's programme. 
And, uh, and I said, I'm Steve Allen. He said, I know all about you. I said, I'd be surprised if you didn't. <laughs> Gemma Collins was tweeting me yesterday. What's going on in the world? Oh, she just tweeted me. She fancies a bit of action, obviously. And, um, you know, because she locked Arge out of the house again. She changed the locks. I got the new key. And, uh, you know, we're going to go out there and probably hang out together. Something like that. What do you mean she's desperate? What a dreadful thing. To, honestly, that's rich from you, isn't it? That's rich. If a celebrity came up to you, and this is the Aussie boy who name drops Steve Allen, like, there's no tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I work at LBC. Do you know Steve Allen? Psh, really well. Really, really well. You always do. It's terrible. I don't know how you get away with it. There you go. Gemma Collins. Morning at Steve Allen Show. Love listening this morning. See? And that was at what time? 8.34. Oh, 8.34. Kind of missed the beginning of the programme, but, you know, it doesn't matter. We kind of get there eventually, don't we? Uh, also, will people stop moaning about Donald Trump just because he's the best president ever who has a backbone? You're on medication, aren't you, love? I can tell. You really must be. There's got to be a woman. And um, and Sarah says, where are the two places you can get the 99p and £4 breakfast? Not telling you. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to keep it a secret. I like the idea that... See, I, I pay four quid for a breakfast. 99p. I don't think you'd be getting the best quality, would you? But, I mean, you can't go far wrong with sort of toast, bacon, beans. Have you noticed now, whenever you go for breakfast in a place, years ago, if it's a proper place, they put the beans all over the plate. Now you get a little ramekin pot with a few little beans in it. It's pathetic. It's like going out to get chips. And the chips don't, don't come on the plate anymore. They come in like a little basket. But it's so, it's so small. I like double-cooked chips. I went out with a friend of mine the other day, and we had Nando's again. I've decided now I'm bored with Nando's. I'm, I'm going to need to start eating something else. It's just chicken. I said to the bloke in there, he said, oh, he said, have you been to a Nando's before? I said, we look like we're from another planet or something. And uh, I said, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to having the apple pie and custard. And he looked at me like I was mad, absolutely mad, because they don't do puddings. I don't know why. Perhaps it's because they've got to wash things up or something. I don't know. But I quite fancy it. Every so often you fancy a bit of Aunt Bessie. A little bit of Aunt Bessie apple pie, a little bit of custard, something like that. I don't know, just anything. This morning, I'm not so much hungry as sort of slightly peckish. Slightly peckish. So I brought in one of my Chinese pears again, which, uh, which I quite like. They're, they're sort of, you eat them like an apple and I'm sure they're good for you. Well, I convinced myself. And then yesterday, we're so miserable. And one of my neighbours, Betty, uh, wanted some earth. So I got her some earth. I put it outside her front door. She put it back outside my front door. So I'm obviously assuming she doesn't want it. I've had it thrown back in my face. Very disappointing. Uh, also, David Attenborough and the Queen are Britain's most admired people. Well, they are because people only go by pictures that they see in the papers. And um, 2,000 repeat knife offenders were all let off. What's the point? What is the point? Uh, plus, uh, the full bounty. I'll tell you about that in a moment because that really annoys me more than anything. Because far from it being for charity, which is what I thought it was, I thought all these people were stripping off for charity. Turns out they were stripping off for a bumper payday. They all got paid 10,000 quid. All the ones named in the papers got named as accepting 10,000 quid. I think that's an absolute bloody sham and a farce. How outrageous is that? They get paid 10 grand. I mean, Colleen Nolan, blimey, wouldn't give you sixpence for them. Wouldn't give you sixpence. But, um... Apparently, uh, Zach says Matt Stadlin is a twitcher. Is he? What, what do you mean? He, he, what, he goes out taking pictures of birds? Well, I don't think Lily would like that idea. She'd be very jealous. Or maybe not. Uh, he's a twitcher, is he? Oh, well, there you go. Live and learn. Live and learn. I'm a member of the Magic Circle, but I don't tell everybody. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome along to Steve... What was that? Sorry. Steve Allen's early breakfast. People are trying to batter the door down now, honestly. It's getting quite bad in here. 
I'm loving my cup of tea this morning, thank you. Oh, I just realised I made it. Not very exciting at all. Uh, time check, 18 minutes past four. Thursday morning. Told you this week ago, quick. Last week was fast. And Labour's barking mad idea that they're going... Do they think this is a vote winner? All the under-25s are going to get free bus travel. Oh, that'll encourage people to go round into different areas, won't it? And rob and do things like that and behave badly. God, it's true. There was a woman the other day. And it made you realise just how difficult the police's job is in this country. They're torn between the devil and the deep blue sea. And this was the police on Merseyside. Uh, which I don't know, actually. I don't know Merseyside, but I, I feel as I know the police force. They seem very caring and very lovely. And uh, they had a woman, she tried to kill herself by putting a hose pipe into her car. So they took her to hospital. Uh, she goes into hospital to be uh, evaluated. The next thing, she's out of hospital. She's walking along a road in her dressing gown and slippers. She's quite clearly got psychiatric issues. And the police are saying, we need to take you back. And she's going, I, I want my Coca-Cola. And I'm thinking, are the police trained to deal with people like this? She quite clearly was, was sick. She was a sick person. She needed help. And so they said, no, listen, we need to get you back to hospital. And a member of your family will come and they'll, they'll sort of give you the Coca-Cola and all the rest of it. Wait, where's my purse? I want my purse. No, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And, um, and it was just, you thought to yourself, aren't the police there to try and... I know they're there to uphold the law and they're there, I thought, to sort of catch burglars and stop, you know, people attacking each other. Most of the stuff they deal with is domestic. Most of the stuff is sort of, you know, another pair of drunken scallies somewhere who are fighting and battering down people's doors. Then they go, oh, uh, yeah, now we've actually called the police out and wasted everybody's time. We're not going to press charges. And you start thinking, well, this is just ridiculous. People are playing the police at fools. And then they had, they were over in Ireland and they were checking for, I think it's called Green Diesel. In other words, it's people who put green diesel in, which is meant for tractors and combine harvesters because it saves the fuel duty and it's cheaper. And this woman gets stopped and, uh, and they say to her, but it's, uh, she's, she, she's pregnant, but she's got a fag on. She's you know, obviously a stupid person. And, uh, and they say, well, we need to seize the car. There's a €5,000 fine. And she said, well, I've only just bought the car. They've always only just bought it. But she is a named driver, so she obviously hasn't just bought it. And they said, well, we're going to seize it anyway. And she went, seize it? Like she was really stupid. And they went, yes, seize it. She said, what for? <coughs> and they said, you've got green diesel in it. And, uh, and she said, well, I didn't put it in there. And he said, what did it float in from heaven or something? Anyway, they seized the car. So she said, can I drive myself to hospital? Anyway, it turns out she wasn't going to hospital at all. She was just going out for a joyride. And so she said to them, oh, you don't need to take me to hospital. Just take me to the local bus station. And you think, people must think the police fell out of trees or something. They must hear these excuses for drunks all the time. Every time somebody's drunk or I've only just bought this car or I had no idea. What do you mean? I bought the car. Who from? I don't know. What was the name of the person? No idea. And you think the police have to put up with this every day. Small wonder it gets to the end of a shift and they're absolutely exhausted. Quite ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, Walsh says, uh, locked in on the uh, the app. The weather's going to be fine next week. Yeah, right. Yeah, although actually my friend Paul said the other day, he said next week it's going to be great. Phoned a friend of mine in Brighton the other day. And uh, I said, oh, what miserable weather. And she said... It's beautiful down here, she said. First time I put washing outside. I said, blimey, I said, up in London. I said, nothing like that at all. It was very overcast, very miserable. And she said, no, we've got glorious weather. I thought, perhaps I should have driven down to Brighton. Morning, Uncle Abdul. You know, he's up this morning. Steve, we had an old Anderson shelter that was jerry-built by my granddad. It was a Jerry Anderson shelter. 
do you know, I tell you, if, if we're not careful and, and, we, and we joke about it, we, we could actually see something erupting. One of the papers yesterday asked the question, you know, are we heading towards World War Three? And I'm thinking, well, I bloody well hope not. I thought we got it all sorted out with Kim Jong-un, you know, and Donald, you know, the idiot Trump, and, and then a few other people. And now we've got Putin and we've got Syria and Assad. And I'm thinking it only takes one more tweet and somebody's going to start setting off missiles. And I have a horrible feeling it's going to be a total disaster. Total disaster. Let's hope that they see common sense, shall we? Uh, red diesel, Steve, not green. No, no, no. Green diesel. Green diesel. Don't ever try and correct me when I'm perfect on everything and I know all about it. Green diesel. Green diesel. And uh, it's not red diesel. They do do red diesel. This is green diesel. God in heaven, honestly. Even Kevin the Milkman I have to explain this to. No, there is red diesel. This is green diesel, which when they add something to it uh, to test whether it is green diesel, it goes pink. So it's green diesel. Okay, there is red diesel, but green diesel. Never wrong. Never, ever wrong. Don't ever try and come up against me. You'll fail miserably. Like Lydia Dim, you know, talking about Arge and his little tiny willy and thing. And you think, you're a bit stupid, aren't you? You know, but at least, thank God, he's not going out with you, which has done everybody a favour. So the full bounty. I thought when they did this, uh, this programme, uh, which was the real full Monty, uh, that they were doing it for charity. <laughs> what a fool I was. What a fool I was to believe ITV on their website. They said, for charity. They took that off very quickly, didn't they? When they suddenly realised that somebody had made a big cock up because they'd only raised about 4,000 quid for charity. Because that's what I thought. I thought they were all doing it because they, they believed in it. They were all doing it for a bit of filthy lucre. Fit, a bit of filthy... I mean, seriously. A bit of filthy lucre. And I'm, I'm sort of... I'm really annoyed. I think the viewers were misled over what was the ITV charity show. So Colleen, exhibitionist <coughs> Nolan, <coughs> never sang on anything at all, got £10,000. It says, how ITV cut the charity mention. The original wording was, as some of our favourite celebrities strip off in the name of charity, we want you to take the real full Monty pledge and keep yourself checked for testicular and prostate cancer. And then after they'd asked about the uh, how much people got paid... It now reads, some of our favourite celebrities strip off. We need you to take the full Monty Pledge. They cut out the uh, the charity bit because it only raised 4,000 quid. And they got paid 10 grand. The total raise was 4,218 quid, you know, which is 4,000. But they paid, if they all got paid, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's, that's 80,000 pounds just for these half-baked celebrities. Just, uh, don't they feel ashamed taking the money? They don't do that. That's the trouble. I want them to feel ashamed. I've tried to make them feel ashamed. And uh, they, they said it was about raising awareness and funds for breast cancer. I mean, you know, Megan McKenna. Wasn't really anybody very interesting in it. Uh, Ruth Maddock is lovely. Michelle Heaton. It's all the old. Do you want to get your boobs out, Michelle? Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. And uh, also Victoria Derbyshire. Sally Dexter. Helen Lederer. Each has a link to cancer. And um, and some of them might have got... I don't know whether they all got paid 10,000 quid, but whatever it is, I'm hoping that Colleen, if she appears today on television, will be saying, I'm giving it to charity. Because that's what we thought it was. We thought it was for charity. I didn't realise it was just to line your own pockets, Colleen. I had no idea you were that mercenary about it. Oh, yeah, I'd be more than happy to strip off for cancer. £10,000. I'm sorry, I think it's wrong. I think it's very, very wrong. But there you go. Sitting on the naughty step... 53 minutes for 53 years, says Kevin. 
The incorrect milkman. Yeah, you see, I know, I, know, I know about red diesel as well, but this is green diesel. This is green. It comes out green. You can see it quite clearly. Um, oh, dear. Where do we deal with this other story? You know, little Alfie, uh, the 23-month-old baby, uh, they've now uh, decided that uh, they, they have a date for his treatment to finish. He's on life support machine. He cannot survive without it. The judge described his, uh, his brain as, as just water. He's also warned the father, who's been taking pictures inside the hospital and then distributing them to people, um, which is not right, really, because this is a, it's, it's not just a sick child, it's just, it's just a sick person. I don't think you can even call him a, a child. He has no quality of life. Uh, he has this uh, degenerative brain condition. He's not going to get better. All the experts have said that. Uh, the father, who's 23 and obviously thinks he knows better than all the experts, has said, we want to take him abroad. And they've said, no, you can't. They, I mean, I don't know how it works. Because I said to you before that if I was in a position like that and it was a, a relative of yours or a child or something like that, you'd be fighting tooth and nail. But the trouble is, eventually, you, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to accept what the experts say. And if the experts say there is no chance of this child getting any better, there is no quality of life, you are looking at such a severely brain-damaged child, he, he will not be able to do anything. He won't be able to open his eyes. He, can't, he cannot do anything. So they've set a date, but they're not going to tell you what the date is, because that's, like, as far as I'm concerned, execution day. That's the way I see it, because I, I feel sorry for the parents. At the same time, I think they behaved abominably towards the staff at Alderhay, because that hospital is dedicated to uh, looking after children and making the best for them. If there's no hope for somebody, they have to say there's no hope, much as though it might go against you know everything that the parents believe. So they've now got this end of end-of-life day planned, in which case they will disconnect him from the machine and he will die within a matter of minutes, I would have thought, because it's the machine that's operating. It's a dreadful decision, a dreadful decision, and the no doubt the press will be down there and the father will be uh, making statements, but they want to take the child out and the hospital and the courts have said, no, you can't. So they've been to the appeal courts and the appeal courts have said, no, you can't. In fact, he's tried every which way but, and still they've said, no. So I think the answer is quite categorically no, he is going to die. I mean, he's, he's, he's practically brain dead now. He is brain dead. I don't think there's much going on at all. But to them, that's their baby. That's their baby. And they will obviously, you know, do everything that they can within their powers to make sure that he has some sort of quality of life. But in fact, the best quality of life he's got is at the moment on a machine. The moment the machine, that, that's always been the argument with these sort of cases. The moment the machine is, is taken away the person will actually not survive very long. And I just I feel very sorry for them. I think it's a terrible situation to be in. But uh, they'll, they'll be no doubt selling their story afterwards to try and sort of get through to people exactly what they were going through. It's all very, very sad. Terribly sad story. I don't think we've had such a sad story for a long time. Uh, also, <clears throat> what do we have here? Oh, yes, it's Cliff Richard on the Tube. Nobody recognised him. Because the people on the Tube were, were sort of young. And they, I would, if I was sitting on the Tube, I'd go, Cliff, I would know. I would know, but uh, he's got that uh, that case coming up. It's going to be very interesting. This is going to be what they call a test case. This is, you know, already the police have paid money in compensation. Now it's up to the BBC to try and defend, if it's possible, what they did. And uh, what they did was uh, was not great. Uh, the Ultimo Ultimates, they've got it. It's a good excuse to do a double-page spread on women in bra and knickers, which is great fun. So there you go. And uh, BBC Man Goes Blunder. 
I'll tell you, he's so irritating. He really is. As I say, I don't know how old Mike Bushell is. I don't know if he's married. Couldn't care less. I just know that he's very irritating, very smug, and they sort of have him playing hockey and, you know, climbing a mountain or canoeing or something else. And in this particular one, uh, he fell in. He was chatting to some of uh, England's competitors on Australia's Gold Coast. So, in other words, we've wasted money by flying him out there. And uh, he says, I thought it was a little jacuzzi or a kid's pool. No, it's a swimming pool. And he sort of fell in. What an idiot. I say, there's some irritating people you get on the television. He's one of them. He's definitely one of them that you sort of go, no, I've had enough of you. Thank you very much indeed. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to five. 27 minutes to five. Uh, Pablo says, the thought of Colleen Nolan naked is a disturbing prospect. Yes. yes well, was, I'm not so bothered about uh, that. You know, it, I mean, I couldn't quite work out what she was doing it for originally. Now I know she was doing it for a filthy piece of money. I thought it was raising money for charity. I had no idea. It only raised 4,000 quid. Hardly worth bothering, was it, really? The cost of that show must have been astronomical. 80 grand just on the old biddies to get their boobs out. You know, I mean, 10,000 pounds. That should have gone to charity. What they should have said is, and I'd like to think that they go, listen, uh, we're going to give you 10,000 pounds, but we'd like you to donate it to charity. Then they can go, we've raised 84,000 pounds for charity. That would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be nice. But bet your bottom dollar they won't. Bet your bottom dollar they won't. Uh, 84850. Uh, Dave says, you can say what you like, mate, but Green Diesel's always been one of my favourite actors. I know. Actress. Actress. Ever since became trans. You know, Green Diesel became Pink Diesel. Come on, we know how it works. I'm not mad on this one at all. Uh, What do we have in the bizarre column today? Usual sort of press release crap that keeps popping up. It's all stuff you can read online, this. You might as well just lift it. Picture of Justin Bieber. And most of his time, oh, he's got red socks on, on sandals. Something about pop stars. I've got no sense of, uh, of sort of, you know, wearing things. Also, the doo-wop hit singer Tim. This is uh, Timmy Matley, has died aged 36, 18 months after being diagnosed with skin cancer. But, as I say, there is, there is a question over how he died, whether it was from this or whether he fell from a balcony. I was reading some uh, reports earlier on. It's all, it's all very disturbing. And a cafe. Here's the cafe story. I know you're waiting for this, because it's break. We've only got to start talking about food at this time of the morning. You start getting a bit hungry. This serves a full English for three ninety five. It's become the top-rated diner on TripAdvisor. I'll tell you where it is in a minute. It's in North London. Uh, it beat more than 18,000 restaurants, lagging behind at 171. The Ritz. The Ritz. The Ivy was at 600. The Wolsey at 898. See, I didn't like the Wolsey. I mean, apparently, it's not very fashionable to say that, but I've been there a couple... In fact, my boss took me there, and I just didn't think it was... I'm, you know, I'm looking for a proper breakfast. I don't want anything poncy. I just want a proper breakfast. But they say, oh, you should really, shouldn't be going to the Wolsey then, because it's difficult enough to get tables there and at the Ivy and everything else. But I'm expecting a proper cooked breakfast. Not sort of, you know... Sorry, what is this? It's a coddled egg, sir. Is it really? Is it really? But anyway, uh, Gordon Ramsay's back at uh, the Maze... 1,778. The Lounge Cafe, what this one is called, is run by friends and former city worker Maria Kushnan and Zina Manda. TripAdvisor said you'll be made welcome by the lovely staff who take pride in serving you just delicious and scrummy and very good value. The cafe's most popular dishes, 395 English breakfast and a larger version for 495. I'm starving already. They will, they, all of a sudden, their business will be boosted. And all the regulars are usually going, oh, no, it's just people popping in for the breakfast. It's, we wanted to keep it a bit quiet. So it's in Wembley. 
the lounge cafe. And that's where you get your breakfast for three ninety five or four ninety five, and it beat everybody, beat everybody, the Ritz, the Woolsey, everything, <laughs> you know. Because what people want when they go out for a breakfast, I don't want something poncy. It's like just over the road from here is a hotel called the Hampshire, and their breakfast is a buffet breakfast at about twenty six quid. It's just phenomenally expensive, but you can keep it. I mean, the, the the idea is you keep eating as much as you want. Well, there's a limit to how much you can eat, and that's why they do it. You know, the all you can eat. Uh, Chinese buffets, the all-you-can-eat Indian, but there's a limit to how much stuff you can eat before you go... I mean, some students, admittedly, can put the stuff away. So 26 quid here, so that's... Well, you're never going to eat 26 quid worth of food, but you can keep going up. You can have melon, you can have smoked salmon, they've got scrambled egg, they've got sauce, they've got everything. Everything you can possibly think of, they've got. Toast, croissant, rolls, all sorts of... You know, you have whatever you want, but you're never going to eat 26 quid's worth. So when you think four ninety five will probably be a big breakfast with chips and everything else, sounds lovely, doesn't it? I just fancy chips now. <laughs> I can't have them. We don't have any chips in the building. <laughs> I want chips. Don't ask for a lot in life. Um, also, the turtle that breathes through its genitals. Lovely. That's the kind of thing we want to know this morning. It's a reptile fact. Um, as I said, not the normally the kind of thing that we can sort of go with on this program. Uh, also, 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 I'm trying to find something that is sort of it's so it's sort of interesting. Oh, Catherine Tilsley on a beach with a photographer. She's left Corrie actually. Thank God for that. I was so bored with her. Uh, pub ban on boob posters. A brewery has had to remove sexist posters from a pub showing women's nipples poking through their tops. What can you do about that? Everybody's got nipples. Some people. Uh, the two ads for Joseph Holt's Diamond Lager were also branded distasteful. This is in Greater Manchester. They were in the Lord Nelson pub in a place called Urmston. Urmston, I've never heard of it, but I'm sure it's delightful. Uh, the slogan, uh, some things are better extra cold. One man tweeted, wow, some things belong in the 1970s. Joseph Holt liked the marketing. <laughs> That'd be a gay bloke, won't it, writing that, you know. Why do people complain about adverts? Any blooming advert. Uh, another wrote, hey, Joseph Holt, I thought you were a family-owned company. What are they saying? Nobody's got nipples anymore. Or the fact that, I mean, I used to work with strippers years ago. Strippers and topless dancers. And what was their, their, main, um, <laughs> their main piece of equipment? Ice cube. An ice cube. And before they went on to dance, they would take an ice cube and they'd rub it round their nipple. And that made their nipple stick out a bit more. So that's what people wanted to say. This is just an advert for a pub. So, all right, so they, they've changed the advert now. But, I mean, we've turned into this mamby-pamby nation. You know, we can't do this, can't do that, complain about this, complain about that. God in heaven. How we make it through to adulthood is a mystery to everybody nowadays. Uh, Steve, says Mark, that blooming Nolan woman, if I don't see her on TV again, it'll be far too soon. I'm hoping that she's going to go on, t- if she's on Loose Women today, and she's going to donate the 10000 to charity. But, you know, because that's what we all thought it was. It's no good, you know, there is no, there's no argument. We were told it was for charity. They were doing it for charity. I didn't realise they were trousering it. Makes them even worse, doesn't it? And also, you know, a BBC presenter, Victoria Derbyshire, I'm hoping she didn't get £10,000. I thought that we were just doing it to highlight breast cancer, testicular cancer and everything else. I didn't realise they were trousering money in the process. I think that's shameful for a charity. Shameful. Uh, Eddie says, I suppose the BBC are going to use licence payers' money to defend the case against Cliff. The cost should be paid by the management. Well, it should be paid by the bloke who, uh, who, um, 
who sort of came up with this sort of process in the first place. It's going to, it's, it's a very interesting one. It's going to be test case. Everybody be watching it. That's all I can tell you. Uh, Zach said, I've seen the photos of Cliff. I thought he looked sad. Uh, he's fab. He's, listen, if I was pictured sitting on the bus with a producer, you know, we don't sit there going, like that all the time. Otherwise, that'd be ridiculous. You sit there and you just look pensive or you're just sort of thinking or whatever. I can sometimes sit looking wistful. I'm not going to be grin on my face every five minutes. That'd be ridiculous. That would be absolutely ridiculous. We're not in show business. Uh, somebody says, I've woken up and I can't back to, uh, get back to sleep again. John's in New York. Sorry, New uh, in York. He says, uh, I now need to get up and have a very early breakfast. It's all right, though. If, no, isn't it? I think it must be great to get up in the morning and your partner, whoever, has actually cooked the breakfast for you. And they've gone, uh, it's in the oven. And you go, oh, how lovely. You know, bacon, mushrooms, beans, fried bread, uh, sausages, <laughs> tomatoes, anything. Actually, yes, I had, I had tinned tomatoes. No, I didn't, day before. See, can't remember now. Uh, Steve, uh, the lounge cafe has only got excellent or very good reviews on TripAdvisor. Nothing lower, says Tony. Uh, Kevin says you can't beat the £6.30 eight-item breakfast at the Cross Keys Cafe in Old Harlow. Next time you're in town, treat yourself and the godchildren. Well, now we've mentioned it, it'll be too busy. <laughs> £6.30 for eight items. Spring is definitely here in Hamburg at Blooming Last, says Steve, who's in Hamburg. I just want some nice weather today. I don't, seriously, I've got two days off. Well, not two days off because I work. But then I'm home by, you know, quarter past eight. And I just want to, I just want to have a nice day. It's, uh, you know, I just, uh, just a little bit of sunshine. I don't really care, actually. But just, just something, for goodness sake. Daily Star, smash glam wallop. And uh, this is England football fans face a new menace at the World Cup. Gangs of female... Ultras with modern looks willing to fight to the death. God, honestly. <laughs> it gets more ridiculous every five minutes, doesn't it? And then the other story, hilarious. You know, can't get arrested now because they're just so... They're just so dated and naff. And that's uh, James and Ola Jordan. And uh, the, the story is, they're not trying for a child. Fantastic! Well, there you go, riveting. I'm also not flying to the moon tomorrow. Uh, or going to get a hair transplant. What a boring couple they turn out to be. So dreary. So they had to cancel their tour, didn't they? Lack of interest, I thought, but there you go. It's a bit like Peter Andre. Still waiting, Pizzi. Still waiting, love, for the uh, the Australian tour to be rescheduled. Fans over there, sorry, fan over there is absolutely crying into their cornflakes at the moment. When's Peter going to come back? All the neighbourhood are shouting, we hope never. Uh, because they had booked him in for a tour of Australia, but of course nobody knows who he is in Australia. He doesn't live there, he lives over here. He makes his life appearing in OK magazine. Him and his boring wife, you know, and the kids, so they parade at every opportunity because he loves his children. And uh, nobody loves them more than Pizzakins because he hasn't really got anything else. He hasn't got a chart career. He doesn't actually have anything going for him, does he? But he's, he's making a new album and we're so excited. Oh, and he's, and he's in a film. That's gone a bit quiet, hasn't it? Have you noticed? The heroin addict story. That's all gone a bit quiet. We had a, a few pictures put out where sort of Pete attempted to look sort of less camp than usual. And, uh, but just slightly more makeup, And obviously now Pete's uh, an actor. You know, he'll be doing Shakespeare next, I should imagine. We'd probably uh, uh, he'll be doing that with Daniela Westbrook. I should imagine Romeo and Juliet is begging, you know, the Royal Shakespeare Company going, can we, can we get Peter Andre down here to, to do Romeo and Juliet? And somebody's gone, can we get Daniela Westbrook? She can sort of stand on the balcony and go, Romeo, Romeo. And then she falls off the balcony. And we go, now what do we do? And they go, well, you'd have to make it with her in a hospital bed or something. Because, I mean, she's got to get a job soon, hasn't she? I mean, there's got to be that day that arrives when her agent goes, I've got you a gig. 
No advertiser is going to touch her with a barge pole. So that's that's completely gone out the window. I mean, what can you what can she advertise? Nothing. Rehab. Nothing else at all. Uh, there's no acting jobs because she's unreliable. In fact, there's not really anything she can do because she's unreliable. It's like Peter Andre. You know, he sort of fannies around doing little bits. So first of all, he's a singer. Then he's got a coffee shop. Doesn't have that anymore. Uh, the singing, you know, forget it. It's just it's it's dead. It's dead and buried. And uh, and then he's what else has he tried? Not, he's, he's tried acting, and, uh, and and there's nothing. And then he sort of turns up, and uh, you just sort of think, you're over 40, mate. You should have actually pulled yourself together and tried to find something. I don't know where you go from this. The film's not going to launch you. A, you're not going to be in the next Blade Runner, put it that way. It's just not going to happen. But uh, at least if you're listening to this programme, hopefully we've given you an idea that you need to get off your arse and get out there and do something. You know, you know like Daniela Westbrook, like Kerry Coke Toner who's touring with her little one-woman show where she's, a, she's just a bit peculiar. And once it all finishes and the tax man's taken the money... I, got, I completely forgot the other day. I, um, I, I got a... What do they call it? A statement from the bank. And I looked at it because I have various accounts in the bank because I'm quite good at saving. So I like to separate tax money from anything else. So I've got a tax account, which is the money there for when the tax man comes there. And I can then go, there you go, there's your money. Unused fivers, got it from Ken Dodd. And, um, and I got a thing the other day and I looked, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then I suddenly realised I've got an account in Scotland and I'm just using it to sort of build up a little bit of extra money. Because, you know, once you start saving, it's quite nice to have little bits, little pockets of money here, there and everywhere. And uh, this one's built up quite nicely because I thought, oh, perhaps I'll change the car. I thought, if I just bought the car, can't change it again, can you? And I've also decided I can't drive a blue car. If it was sort of, you know, slate grey, I probably could have done it, but I can't drive a blue car. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. So Yulia has said no to a Russian meeting. This is the daughter of the Russian spy. I thought they were both tiddling off to America. You know, we'd be glad to see the back of them, to be honest with you. It's cost a fortune to keep them in, in hospital. I wouldn't like to imagine how much the bill for this has run out at. Not only the bill for them in the hospital, but also the bill for the policing. I mean, are they going to end up with sort of police guards or they're going to be given new identities? It's not going to take long to find out who he is. It's just an old man and, uh, and his daughter. But uh, they both come through it, which is, which is a little bit bizarre. Uh, other stories in the paper today. Uh, this is, they, they had a thing about Mark Zuckerberg, who was sitting in court the other day. He was sitting on a booster cushion. He was in Congress. And, uh, and I remember thinking... Loads of people have got booster cushions. You buy them. If, you know, if, if, if your seat's gone a bit saggy, so I was only saying to Gemma Collins the other day, then what you have to do is put a booster cushion on there, and that's sort of, it's a bit of hard for, and it sort of does it up. I didn't see any, any problem. Why? Uh, he was having to, uh, to sort of do it. What have we got here today? Have a quick look. Normally you get sort of a rough idea of what, what dreary non-entity they're putting on the front of OK magazine. But uh, I don't know who it is. It'll probably be Peetsy or something like that, as Peetsy lurches for another disaster in his life and then goes on television to talk about it. Uh, also, Meg wed snub for Markles. This is her sister, I believe. She's not inviting her. I think she's half-sister. And, uh, oh, look, another picture of Catherine Tilsley on a beach. Oh, how sweet. That's lovely, actually. She's in Abu Dhabi with the photographer. Can you just stay away from the papers now, darling? You know, a bit bored, a bit bored, a bit, bit dull. Uh, also, please snab fake notes party Brits. There's a story for you, isn't it? And this is a load of people on a holiday island, Magluf. And uh, it's some people who've been arrested laundering fake banknotes. They've arrested two party Brits. And, um, 
and so there's a picture of them in the paper today because they were laundering over there and then they have their own sort of justice. Uh, Daily's Hubby, my shoplift quiz hell. And uh, this is uh, Tom Daly's husband, Dustin Lance Black. And uh, he was wrongly accused of shoplifting. He'd been cheering on Tom at the Commonwealth Games, but yesterday the American filmmaker hit out after Australian supermarket security guards thought he'd nicked a drink and stopped and searched his bags. The 43-year-old tweeted, Oh, my God, was just stopped and accused of shoplifting at Woolworths in the Gold Coast, because they have Woolworths out there still. And uh, then out of uh, countless folks with bags, a search was demanded of mine. Thanks for the warm welcome to Australia, Woolworths. Respect, customers' privacy, much shame. When asked by a follower... If staff had apologised for the mistake, Dustin said, no apology at all, just a, an accusatory zombie-like look in their eyes. So I just got refused for the drink i just purchased and went elsewhere. So silly. Tourists be warned. Woolworths, not to be confused with the British high street store, is one of Oz's two biggest supermarket chains. So, but that's, that is the trouble, isn't it? That is the trouble, that you go in there. And uh, I've had it. I've walked into shops and I think... Why are they looking at me? They're looking at me like I'm going to shoplift. Because it's always people who've got loads of money on them who shoplift. So no, it's very rarely poor people. It's thieving little toe rags who've got money on them. And uh, so a little bit disappointing. Not a good experience. But at the end of the day, you just have to sort of hold your hands up and go, listen, obviously you thought I'd pinched it, but I haven't. But an apology would be nice. They had that horrible man on that, um, is it Dublin Airport or something now? That horrible man. He's really nasty. He's re- why they've still got him on there. Luckily, they rested him for a while. I was hoping permanently, but you can't have everything. And he's, yeah, I just want to be your friend, kind of. And we have all this kind of thing. And uh, he's horrible. But then some people are, are quite horrible back, aren't they, really? Um, 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 um. National coming up. Uh, it must be this weekend. I've got to, I must, I must pick some horses, actually. I think I shall do it uh, tomorrow. My friend Graham will be doing it. He loves doing the national. Most of the time, he's, he's, he's very, uh, very good. I've got a couple of, uh, couple of things that I've got my, my eye on. I'm not holding out any hope. If ever I win, it's always a big bit of a surprise, actually. What do my stars say? Have a quick check on the stars for today. You'll get positive feedback to an artistic project. This gives you the courage to launch a blog, record a podcast or write a book. Yeah, good show. It'll be a podcast, won't it? I can tell, actually. He's very good. Very good is Russell Grant. Very good. Uh, also, uh, the Daily Mail's headline is Shrine Outrage Day 2. You know what the story is, but this time they say, firstly, the police stood by and did nothing. Yesterday, they told locals to respect family tributes to stab burglar outside OAP's home. And the Daily Mail say, what on earth's going on? You can read more of that in the paper today. Uh, Diana. I was compla- I didn't want to complain the other day because I was a big fan of Diana. Um, and they, uh, some of the papers were saying, oh, you know, Meghan Markle's the new Diana. I don't think so, dear. You're marrying her son. You know, <laughs> a little bit peculiar, OK? Just try and get your head around that. Uh, also, uh, now the council's plan to charge for how heavy your bins are. We have a wheelie bin. But, I mean, it's a limit. I don't know. Whatever you throw in there, people throw rubbish in. Some people are bone idle and can't actually put it in anything. And they just sort of leave it on the floor. They're, they're, they're called peasants around our way. Uh, And there's quite a few of them. They can't just lift a lid. Can't lift a lid. Uh, A wrinkled cream that's got 17,000 women queuing. 17,000 wrinkly old women queuing for it, thinking you're going to put this on, and all of a sudden you're going to go, da Well, you're not. Well, you're not. Um, What have we got here? The Ocado Boss Blunket. 
joining a string of MPs in a story that we championed a while ago to save the Open University. Now Mr Blunkett has joined the bandwagon, which is good. And um, uh, there's one here, David Blunkett. Oh, David Blunkett again. My journey from being a gas board clerk to the cabinet shows why Britain needs the Open University. People like it, don't they? People like the Open University. And does anybody still splash on Old Spice? Things you don't hear about anymore. OK, I'll just pick some at, r- at random. Uh, the Right Reverend George Carey, Waffles, Fifty Shades, Smoothies, Rottweilers, Fish Paste, Brillo Pads, Hopscotch, uh, Mohammed Al-Fayed, Crepes, John Prescott is number one. Poor old Joe. I think it's about 78 John Prescott now. I mean, he was an old dinosaur years ago, poor soul. Flip-flops, sideburns, tapas, uh, Noel Edmonds. You see, all these people are featured in the paper. Sally Burko. Thank God Sally the Burka's disappeared from life. Honestly, we'd had quite enough of her. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, also, um, domed umbrellas, grunge, fascinators, Blue Peter. That's disappeared, hasn't it? Curly Kale. It's disappeared as well. Turkey Twizzlers. Oh, do you know what I really fancied? I really fancied the other day fish fingers. And then I thought, no. And then I saw an advert for a toaster on the television where you put fish fingers in the toaster and you slide it inside. And I thought, oh, quite a nice idea. And um, he turns 80 next month, does old Preza, does he? 80. He is, he's an old fool, isn't he, really? He likes his... Uh, he, he only took the, uh, the, uh, the award so the old wife could become sort of elevated to the peerage kind of thing, honestly. Just woman with big hair. 80, is he really? I think he's got a new series on television. I think it's something like Prezza's Yorkshire or something like that or some, something like that. It's one of these sort of... It's like Michael Portillo and his very camp jackets hopping on and off trains, which is, you know, all these butch people are sitting on trains and on gets Michael Portillo looking like a desperately lonely Christmas tree decoration. And we all sit there going, what are you wearing, love? What are you wearing? Just a wee bit camp. But uh, Prescott's definitely got a TV show... And I, I only remember it because I saw a trailer for it the other day. Made in Yorkshire. Ah, made in Yorkshire. You know, it's uh, champagne socialist time. You know, here he is. Look at him. Champagne. That's what he is, a champagne socialist. You know, don't do what I do. Do what I say. So, made in Yorkshire. It'll, Channel 5. It'll, it'll probably be worth watching. The Michael Portillo one, we must be on repeats by now. He can't still be on that blooming railway. He hops on and off in these garish jackets. They obviously can't think of anything to do with him, you know, to try and butch him up a bit. So instead they've gone completely the opposite way. And we've gone all sort of airy-fairy, kind of with sort of brightly coloured... As I say, he gets on these trains in the morning and everybody's sitting there wearing very dour colours and things like... And on he gets in a pink jacket. Do you think... Why nobody said anything? Lord alone knows. I've got no idea. Uh, Chris says it's supposed to be lovely and sunny at the weekend. Oh, I might get my legs out. I might get my legs out. I might, might go and get some suntan lotion. <laughs> God, I've got the worst legs in the business. And Steve, our oldie store is still selling half-price Easter eggs for as little as 75p. And I saw a bloke buy dozens of them today, and there's loads on the shelves. we got them all here. we got loads of Easter eggs. Maltesers Easter eggs. Maltesers, not in your mouth, not in your hand. Why? Because you've nicked them from somebody, that's why. It's as simple as that. But uh, I didn't have an Easter egg this year, because the only ones I like are the dark chocolate. I don't do the, the milky cho- I don't like milky chocolate. Uh, I was always told dark chocolate is actually better for you. In fact, the uh, the more cocoa in it, the better it is. Uh, still to come this morning, the amputee hero who rides into history today. It's going to be a good one. And uh, we take more of your text and emails and we panic over Donald Trump. Uh, one tweet from war, they've said. His missile threat. Get ready, Russia. They're coming. Nice and new and smart. 
Oh, you are pleased. Mad as a broomstick, aren't you? I mean, do you, are you really... Have you had a drink or something? Try and stay away from the booze. Stay away from adult film stars, OK? Try and sort of get yourself in gear. You're not going to do anybody any favours. I mean, I don't even like to think about the consequences. I really don't. I'm, I'm, it doesn't frighten me. Just sort of thinking about, you know, the one thing that people are always going to need in the case of war is communications. And the one thing we'll be doing is communicating. But let's hope we never get to that to that situation. Uh, right, uh, news coming up very shortly at five o'clock here on uh, LBC. Culture Club, get ready to tour Britain again. Uh, also, anybody in the crowd lining the streets for the royal wedding is a potential terrorist. That's what I said the other day. Don't bother going. Why would you bother going? You've seen him on the television before. This will be the only time you've not seen him naked or wearing a Nazi uniform, so that'll be quite exciting. He'll ride around in a carriage and we'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So go, it's only Harry. He's not... He's. He, of course, it'd be more entertaining if he turned up in the uniform. But he's not hes not on the throne. He's not going to get anywhere near the throne. He's a minor member of the royal family. It doesn't matter, does it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Coming up four minutes past five, Thursday morning in London town. Everybody's riddled with cold. I've just spoken to one of my fellow presenters in the building, of which there are many. And uh, she just said to me, she said, I can't believe she said, I've got this cold back again. I said, how many times? She said, three times. I said, me, me too. Three times we've had it. How does it keep coming back? I've had the flu jab. I'm top risk. Top boy at the same time, but, uh, but top risk. Uh, treats that melt in your mouth, not in your hand. Uh, listen, it's whatever I want it to be. OK? It can be black magic chocolate, as far as I'm concerned. It, uh, it's just a different concept. Uh, Steve in Hamburg says, My daughter, who lives on Exmoor, has a Rottweiler called Tank. Lovely chap. <laughs> a Rottweiler. I saw a picture of a dog the other day. The police were trying to pick it up. It was wandering around by itself, but it was so big, you think, it looked like one of those dogs that could go and turn on you. And so I got a bit frightened. But anyway, they called, it, called in the dog warden, and uh, this thing went off quite meekly. Bless its heart. I always wanted a police dog. You know, an ex-police dog who is sort of trained. And, uh, and I thought, that'd be quite nice. And then I thought, I quite like a drug dog. I'd like to work at the airport with, with a drug dog, you know, where the dog sits in front of me and wags its tail and looks pleased. You know, and the person goes, oh, God, I'm in big trouble now. Anyway, nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC till seven. Twitchers flocking to Britain. They want to see an American bittern. It's a, it's a bird, by the way. Uh, also, judges giving parents the date for Alfie's treatment to end. They're not telling people. They've decided not to tell people because uh, otherwise it'll promote all sorts of people queuing outside the hospital. They've got things to do in the hospital and uh, their main thing is to look after people uh, who they think they can help. But there will be those mad people standing outside there with placards. They're probably making them even as I speak. And uh, so they're not, they're not telling people when it's going to happen, which is much better, actually. Uh, the series Versailles Acts, it's too erotic. No, it was just rubbish. It was just rubbish. Did we execute... Well, we didn't, quite clearly. Did we, did we execute Marie Antoinette? Was she beheaded? Was she a guillotined one? I can't remember. She was guillotined. That must have been a day, mustn't it? You know, you sort of stand there thinking there'll be some Z-listers and they go, oh, by the way, Marie Antoinette today. Guillotine. For what was she guillotined for? Was it this just the, uh, the peasants' uprising in, in France? And they decided they didn't want uh, any of the rich people. They used to do it all over France, you know, Count Camembert and these sort of people. It was, it was all sort of a little bit uh, jeering and... It was what? The Terror. Is that what it was called, the period? And so, so anyway, so she builds this fabulous place, which France has em, em, embraced ever since, Versailles. And it costs an absolute arm and a leg. And then they end up so just, just, just executing her. And they used Madame Guillotine. 
She must have thought it was just it had all gone horribly wrong. Is she buried somewhere or do they not bother with people who they executed? I don't know what happened to uh, people in those days. That must have been quite frightening, must not it? Baying crowds who were so anti the establishment and so so anti the courtiers and the uh, and the aristocracy. They absolutely hated it, so they bring in the guillotine. I mean, that must have been absolutely terrible. And then, of course, who was there all the time? Sitting by the guillotine, stitching and knitting and doing all the rest of it. Yes, that woman who made waxworks. She made wax work. And, uh, and she sat down there. And people still queue today to see all those waxworks on the Euston Road. Very good they are, too. I can't, I can't knock them. Just the one in Blackpool's a bit rubbish. Uh, the RAF hero in the paper day. She's buried in Saint-Denis. Oh, right. The place where the stadium is. Is she still buried there? Is there some sort of royal place? Or do they just... Oh, she's buried... Let's have a quick look at the uh, the Basilica of Saint-Denis. Uh, the building... Blah, 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 da, 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 da. Became a shrine, blah, blah, blah. And uh, burial site of... Uh, God, blimey, all sorts of people, isn't it? Are they all these people buried there? Must be very busy. Well, in fact, actually looking at the interior of the church, it is. They are Louis the Sixteenth uh, and Marie Antoinette, both buried in the same year. Louis the... F- Good God, everybody's buried there. Oh, inter- incidentally, Henry III, also King of Poland, Heart Burial Monument. They've got loads of people buried there, haven't they? Good Lord. All the kings of France are buried at this place. Interesting. I often wonder, because over here at the Tower of London, you've got uh, St Peter Advincula. And that's where all the people who executed were buried as well. So presumably a lot of the executions that occurred in France, they take them to the, this sort of, sort of place and bury them. But I mean, Marie Antoinette, well, I don't know anything about her. I just know Marie Antoinette Versailles, and that's as far as it goes. I've never been there. Perhaps I should buy a, a DVD on it. I did that for quite a number of places. I did it for the uh, Colosseum in Rome. I've done it for the, um, what's the place in China? The, um, the war. Forbidden City. The Wall. <laughs> no, the Wall would be the one that Trump is building to keep Mexico out, as if that was a problem now. You know, I would think, actually, why don't you just cover the whole of America, which uh, repels planes and bombs and everything else. Might be an awful lot easier. A lot easier. Uh, 84850, Steve at uk. Uh, Tim says, still listening. I see Alexa is going to start listening to you all the time. Actually, a friend of mine wrote about Alexa. He said, I've just got Alexa. He said, we've had our first argument. How could you have an argument with a, a creature like that? Oh, it's going to chip in. My conversation? Really? Alexa, play Driving Home for Christmas by Chris Rea. Thank you. Does it not work anymore? Oh, Alexa, play the news. I, just, I do that just to annoy people. Somebody will write in and go, I wish you'd stop saying that. Alexa has now woken up. Very clever, isn't it? But quite, quite freaky. Uh, with your light-sensitive eyes, do you have a full wraparound pair of sunglasses, says Jim? No, no. Who was your first ever guest for In Conversation? Genghis Khan. And uh, I wanted Mother Teresa, but Genghis Khan was eminently available, and who was going to argue? Prezer himself, says John, tells the story of how he made it known that he wouldn't bow when he met the Queen. She mumbled something, so he leaned forward saying, pardon, which made it look like he was bowing. <laughs> See, I, li- I think that's an apocryphal story. I quite like the idea. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, oh, so you're not bad. You always remember, famously, Nancy Reagan refused to bow to the Queen. That emaciated old stick insect. My God, honestly, what a vile woman. Her and her dreadful husband. They were t- Actually, America's had its fair share of mad presidents, hasn't it? They're all 
balmy bonkers. You know, going back to the Kennedys, and they more, had more than their fair share of things going on. Then you get Ronald Reagan and his balmy wife, Nancy. I think he was referring to his wife as opposed to his son. And then who else we have? We've got Trump. We had... See, the only one I liked... It's going to sound really mad, isn't it? I liked Obama. I liked Obama. I wanted Michelle Obama to be first lady. I thought the, I thought the country would have voted for Michelle Obama. Nobody was interested in, uh, in Clinton's wife... You know, she was another one with the hair that never moved. And we all look at her and go, you're just, you're just puppets. You're just puppets. And I, I didn't take to her anyway. And, uh, and, then, and then I didn't think Trump was going to win. And then I thought he was going to win. And I thought, why isn't Michelle Obama in this thing? They seem really genuinely nice people. I know it seems mad. They might have had their fair share of things that didn't work. But uh, no, I'd, I'd have given it back to Obama. He wouldn't have been going down this stupid route of, of Trump, you know, who's, who's a bit of a petulant child. You know, it's, you know why? He's unhappy with his hair. It's a, and I know you might think this is odd, but every time the wind blows, it looks ridiculous. And he knows it looks ridiculous. So that makes him upset. So, you know, he will set off missiles. Well, I hope he won't. I hope somebody somewhere will say, listen, I really don't think you should do this. You know, this is, this is going to be really... Do- you think we've had bad luck with the shootings in some of the schools and everything else. This could be catastrophic. Don't do it. Uh, John says, apparently Marie Antoinette was unaware of the people's plight. When she asked why they were revolting, she was told because they have no bread, and she then famously said, let them eat cake. But I don't think they actually had any cake either, did they? And so she was living in this place. But you can imagine on that morning, because I'm assuming she was held prisoner, and then they went this morning, and I'm assuming it was a public execution. France seemed to revel in these things. And so they set up the guillotine, and then they t- and she must have thought, they're not really going to do this. And then she must have thought, oh, God, they are going to do it. And, of course, in, in the guillotine, you lie down on it. I mean, it's almost like, you know, just make yourself a bit comfy. And there, there she was, you know, sitting down there waiting to sort of count the heads. They, the crowd used to cheer when these things... It must have absolutely dreadful. I mean, honestly, it was bad enough over here when we did our executions, but there you go. Uh, Steve, the more cocoa, the better. Up to about 70%, mate. After that, it starts becoming hard work, says Dave. Have, have you ever tasted really... Uh, I've done 80% cocoa in... A, it, it's like a mouthful of cocoa powder. It's horrible. Really. But it's, apparently it's really good for you, chocolate. It's an aphrodisiac. <laughs> yeah, right, whatever. An aphrodisiac is having, I think, about a bottle of Prosecco and finding anybody attractive. That's the aphrodisiac. Uh, somebody says, what's your dream job? I'm in it. I'm in it. Why else would you want anything else? Seriously, why else? Why? I mean, I can't understand it. Although, strangely, we were talking about this the other day and I had a lot of people sort of saying, you know, years ago you get, oh, people, people want to be in radio. And then you get other people going, oh, I don't think I want to be in radio. And you think, why would you not want to be? I think it's a vacation. You know, I, I would never want to be a nurse or a funeral director or, you know, I quite fancy the idea of being a bus driver. And I quite, but then I know that there'd be trouble. People trying to get on the bus. There's a programme on the telly at the moment about Oxford Street. And they've got a bloke who works on one of the stations. And he said the problem they have a lot of is, you know, all of a sudden somebody will fall ill. And you've got to get them off the platform. Somebody will be sick or failing that. You get people rushing the barriers. You get two people through. Crooks, I call them. You know, I'd have them done with a cattle prod. They do it in Twickenham. They were building a site over the road. Brian, almost on a daily basis, some of the workers over there would be absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. And uh, Stephen says, I thought I might like a photo of my police dog. He's retired now after six years active service. He's called Vladimir. <clears throat> Vlad for short, I suppose. Twelve now, still going strong. How old is twelve in human years? 
Is that getting on a bit? I don't. I think that is actually. I'm pretty certain. Is it by eight or something like that? He's in his eighties or nineties. Wow. So I love it. My father used to have a, an Alsatian years and years ago. Oh, they lovely. They are nice, aren't they? Sometimes I, my heart goes out and I think I must get a dog, and then I think no, no. <coughs> Not enough hours in the day, I'm afraid, but I quite fancy the idea. 84850, steve at It's snowing in Farnborough Street. Of course it is, dear. And as long as you believe that, you'll be drinking for the rest of your life. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I can't believe there was a story that popped up in the papers today. And I mention it because some years ago it was very popular. And it was, so you want to be a model. And there were companies who would say, uh, contact us if you want to be a model. And so people would uh, contact them. It didn't matter whether you looked like the back of a bus or the front of a bus. They would take everybody. Simple as that. And you'd go in there and they'd do you a portfolio. And the idea is that you'd pay them so much money. The difference was, with these pictures, um, you had to pay a lot of money. And it sometimes ran into thousands of pounds. Well, it's cropped up again. Now, let me tell you that if your son, your daughter, your mum, your dad, your child, your grandson, your cousin, anybody like that, wants to be a model, if it's a respectable agency, they will never charge you money for photographs. The unscrupulous ones charge you money for photographs that are totally useless. Totally useless. Because there are model spotters out there. There's probably quite a few listening to this programme. And they go out on the streets, it'll be somebody they look at and they go, it's you. They will then take the photo. You don't have to pay anything. If somebody's charging you for this, they're crooks. OK, they do not charge for portfolios. You don't need to pay for a portfolio. If somebody's interested in you and they go, and we'll put you on our books. Codswallop. Absolute codswallop. There used to be an advert that ran years and years ago, which was, which was very interesting because it was, the, the headline was, do you want to be in voiceovers? The lucrative world of voiceovers. And you had to call a premium rate number. To register. It was £1.50 a minute. You know, all right, you got any jobs with voiceover men? All that kind of stuff. And people doing it. Whereas, in fact, 99% of voiceovers come through agency. There are a few voiceover agencies. Mainly, they're actors and actresses. They won't take anybody else. I couldn't get voiceover work. It's mainly people who are either on television and they've got particularly distinctive voices. uh, Or it's people who are actors and they can give them lots of different voices. So don't ever be fooled by this, but there are people out there who will cheat you. For example, in the Penman Investigates, in the mirror, I love reading it, it exposes the fraudulence. And uh, here he is, a vet, David Doherty. Uh, he's, uh, he made a fortune from dying dogs. I've told you before about this. This is the, the commercial puppy trade, which is sordid, grubby, and uh, they've got two new cases here. The first one is a vet, Daniel Doherty who forged the paperwork of nearly 5,000 puppies over six years to make it look as they'd have been bred by local family breeders. In fact, they came from puppy farmers in the UK and abroad. He ran two My Vet surgeries in Uxbridge in West London, and this week was found guilty of conspiracy to defraud by a jury at Isleworth Crown Court, which heard that he was paid 75,000 quid by the puppy dealers. I mean, what a piece of filth. Seriously, there's a picture of him. Really disgusting, honestly. RSPCA Inspector Kirsty Withnall, who led the investigation, said he was supplementing his income. It's not like you get poor vets, really. With fraudulent cash from the puppy trading gang, who are making millions from selling sick and dying puppies. He's going to be sentenced next month. The admitted fraud piece of filth. What they did was, the moment the dogs died, they threw them out of cars by the side of the road. Seriously. That's how filthy and disgusting he is. You know, and these people... Oh, and he's a vet. 
He's a vet as well, even more disgusting. That uh, what they're doing is fighting to end this dreadful trade by banning the sale of puppies. They come in from all over the place. They come in from Ireland, they come in from Eastern Europe. And then you get pieces of filth like this at the end of the line. You disgust me. You really do, Mr Doherty. You really do. You are just one piece of toe rag, aren't you? Disgusting. Uh, also, car insurance. I don't know, do you have trouble with car insurance? I don't have trouble with car insurance. It's getting it down at the right price that's my problem. Uh, also, uh, in the paper today, uh, the person who uh, cloned Dolly the sheep, and they all look the same to me, sheep. I seriously, I couldn't tell the difference. They go, this is, this is the same, is it? They all look the same to me. Never seen sheep look any different. But anyway, I cloned Dolly the sheep to beat Parkinson's, and now I've got it. And uh, what did I read in the paper earlier on? Did I hear on the news somewhere that somebody said that um, Kevin Spacey was going to be charged? Because we're still waiting. For, they're, they're, they're considering a prosecution in America. Nothing to do with here. It's in America. And Harvey Weinstein, I'm assuming, is still sitting around on his fat bottom doing nothing at all. And, um, and he's not been charged. He's being sued. But that's, that's not the same, is it? It's not the same. It's, I just see all these cases disappearing. I don't know why. I've just got to... Horrible feeling. But I'm trying to find which paper has got this thing about the models in it. Because you need to be warned. Because people will go, oh, I can be a model. I can be a model. And I'm telling you now, it's a very difficult world to break into. You've seen the model programmes on the television and you never have to um, you never have to pay for photographs. Don't go to any of these places. Like the other one. Have you seen the other ones? Oh, you've been selected. We used to have them here. They were here. The company was based here. We had two companies. One of them, which was, oh, you won a motorboat or a carriage clock or you won this and that. All you have to do is come along to our quasi uh, timeshare promotions. And they used to do it here, the other side of Leicester Square in the big building. It's gone now. They've, they've replaced the building with another big building. And, and then they had another one, which was, what was the other one after that? Oh, that's right. You can, you can have the model portfolio. And they have a picture of somebody filmed in sort of sepia. And then you can go along and get this, uh, this, uh, this done. And, 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 and people had their pictures taken. You couldn't take them away and show people. You had to buy them there and then. And they were hundreds and hundreds of pounds. There's also modelling firms here. One agency promises lucrative shoots with high street companies to young girls as long as you fork out two and a half thousand quid. Um, and so they, they sent somebody along. And uh, the undercover reporter was promised work paying two and a half thousand quid a day with a major retailer, but only if they handed over thousands of pounds. Offers of other work were made by the London-based The Studio Works after they paid a hundred pounds for an online assessment. Our reporter was told, wearing a hidden camera, Topshop is our main one. We, on average, see seven or eight castings from that brand alone a month. Other companies, H&M, Mango, American Eagle, I've never heard of some of these, Gap, as well as Dolce & Gabbana, Dior, Hugo Boss, Versace and Givenchy. So there's a big range out there. And they make it sound like you can walk into it. They were then taken outside for a photograph. And all the brands denied working with the studio works, except Versace, Givenchy and Dolce & Gabbana, who couldn't be reached for comment. And um, they investigated them. Lots of people have paid up to over £10,000, being told you would earn the cash back. But of course it doesn't exist, does it? They were invited into a room... Uh, filmed undercover, come back, invited into a room who introduced herself as Yasmin. Uh, and Yasmin uh, claimed that she'd not selected a new model in over a month and a half now, but informed us we had been successful and that a well-paying shoot at ASOS was already arranged for early April. Yasmin, who says she was an executive consultant, told us we'd be earning 2400 for the shoot with up to four other guaranteed castings as long as you attended the shoot. Eventually, they were shown a range of pricing plans. The top package, rose gold, 
or rip-off, priced at 2550 included 50 of the images taken on the day, 22 retouched, our own portfolio website and access to a mobile app, which they said would help us find more work. Uh, the package, it was claimed, would include dedicated management teams who would arrange and pay for all the expenses. In other words, basically, it's a load of old spherical objects. Uh, Yasmin replied, the castings are absolutely guaranteed, providing you go to the shoots. But uh, she said you'd have to make a decision today, but 2,400 shoot with ASOS was definitely yours if you want it. ASOS said, this is a scam. Yasmin, quite clearly, is bent as a nine-bob note. They'll be taking appropriate legal action. Topshop said they're not familiar with Studio Works. American Eagle, we have never worked with Studio Works. H&M, we have no business relationship, past or present. They're liars. Dior, we have never done any works with Studio Works. Remember the name. If they come anywhere near you, kick them in the small objects. Mango, we have never had a relationship. Marks and Spencers, never had a relationship. Hugo Boss, we are not working with them. We have never worked with them. Gap, have never worked with them. They're just crooks. It really, really annoys me. And yet you'll see people queuing up for this this today. People will be going, oh, yes. You know, the one grandmother of a 15-year-old girl, she paid 6,000 quid for her studio work shoot. There's no work. There is no work. There's nothing at all. You know, it's just designed to rip you off. So, you know, be very careful. If you are told you need to pay a fee before they secure your work, legitimate agencies never ask you to pay upfront fees, what I've told you. You're being promised huge fees, even though you're a newcomer. Modelling work is often not lucrative early in a model's career. You're told to pay them then and there. If you don't act now, there won't be another opportunity. Scam artists. You know, Yasmin, a crook. I'm glad her picture's up in the uh, the papers today. Uh, they guarantee they will get you work. Unless it's a verified casting, no work's guaranteed. One of them, they said, we're just going to put you in our book. Which, of course, doesn't go to anybody. You know, people go to Spotlight and Showcall and things like that. Established outlets for people wanting to break into the business. Anybody like this who's asking for money, they're crooks. Yasmin, you're a crook. You know it. Everybody else seems to know it. And all these companies who you say you work with, they're basically saying... They're not working with you. They've never worked with you. So you're a liar as well, aren't you? Hope your mother sees it and is proud of the way her daughter's turned out. It's disgusting, it really is. I mean, one of these 17-year-olds from here attended a shoot. She paid a cut price fee of 450 quid. Um, And uh, after being promised work from an ASOS campaign, she said, I put all my confidence down there. What do I have to do to tell people there are people who are willing to cheat you? There are people... There was one woman, what did she pay this one here? Was it 4,000? Oh, dear. I mean, some of these people you look at. There's one here. There was a girl. I won't tell you what her name is. Uh, Her mum should invest 3,500 quid, which she did. Nothing. No work. Rip-off people. Crooks. Another mum who paid £6,000. They said they've actually uh, ripped us off. Another one who said that our daughter, age three, destined to be a model. They're lying. They're lying to you. Why would you ever hand money over? Just remember the name of the company, please. The Studio Works. Okay, this is the one that claims that you know if you have to pay money over, it doesn't exist. When Studio Works were confronted by the Sun, they said, "Here we go. We're not a modelling agency, but a modelling platform. Uh, We are a stepping stone into the industry. Which part of the industry, darlings? Which part?" The brochure clearly mentions a possibility to invest in the portfolio. Uh, If the client wishes to enter an agreement with us, they sign the terms and conditions, which clearly outlines the cancellation rules. In other words, no work. Show show them the work. Show them the people who are working through you. You know, really not good. On the day of the shoot, our team, 
of makeup artists. What, how many makeup artists do you need for one person, love? And photographers ensure the clients receive the best photographic experience. Yep, because you're paying for it. You're paying for it. They're not giving it to you for free. As a company, we do not see any wrongdoings in our practices, but since the issue of a possible misunderstanding has been brought to our attention, we'll be providing additional training to all our representatives. Avoid like the plague. Seriously. Anybody who is seriously interested in you as a... You just write to the modelling agencies. Go to the yellow pages. Find model agencies. Write to them. They'll, they'll tell you within seconds. Don't ever pay money over to anybody. I don't care who they are. Don't care who they are. What they're promising you is a load of old codswallop. It really is. So don't. You think your daughter's pretty enough or your son or your mum or your dad or your uncle, your auntie, your grandmothers. Then go to an agency and say, listen, do you think they stand a chance of being a model? They'll tell you straight away. They have castings in them, but don't ever pay money to people. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's very difficult. We were thinking, actually, during the break there, how do you explain to people that you're going to be ripped off? In a modelling scam, because presumably in this huge country, uh, in this huge country of ours, there are certain people who think that if they throw money, you know, like you've got a three year old daughter and somebody said you need to give us five thousand pounds and she'll be working within a matter of minutes. It's codswallop. It's a lie. It's a blatant lie. You never have to pay for it. It's one of those few jobs. It's like saying, would you like to work as a radio presenter? You'll need to give us six thousand pounds up front and then maybe we can sort something out. It doesn't work like that. If you're good, you'll work. If you're not, and this Yasmin, crook of the first order, I hope you don't bother going into work today, love. I hope uh, Studio Works gets closed down very quickly because they've taken money fraudulently. They don't work with any of these companies, they claim. Yasmin's lying through her teeth, and she knows she's lying. Because every company, they're thinking of, most of them are thinking of suing. Good. You watch the next thing, it'll go into liquidation. I promise you. Because they've taken money, they've been exposed. What happens? They'll open up as another company. Yasmin will pop up again. She's quite used to cheating people by the sound of it. Promising, you know, this, that, you know, hopefuls would earn, you know, thousands of pounds. We've got work line. You can start work tomorrow. Well, you can't. That's the problem. You really can't. It's a scam. Everybody who's involved in it has said it's a scam. The only person who hasn't is Yasmin, who's lied through her teeth. But luckily, you've got a nice picture of her. So perhaps she lives next door to you. Perhaps as she walks out the front door, you can go, going to work, Yasmin? Or, you know, how many more people are you going to rip off today? But people fall for it. It's almost like, you know, people think you give money to somebody and all of a sudden you're going to start working and be the next Kate Moss. I promise you, it doesn't work like that. I wish it did. It'd be so much easier. You never, ever, ever... This is the rule. So if anybody ever says to you, oh, I've been offered some work, but I need to pay a few thousand quid, the rule is, this is the official one, if you pay fees up front, it's a scam. Okay, no model agency will ever charge you fees up front. They're investing in you. They're going to spend money on you. The cobblers that this woman comes up with is just scandalous. But I'm amazed that it's resurfaced again because it was done years and years and years ago. Perhaps Yasmin's been biding her time until she worked out just how easy it was to cheat people out of money. Not difficult. Uh, Steve, uh, we have a dot in the bedroom. No, it's a dot. I've never even heard of it. It's a what? It's an Alexa. Oh, right. OK. Uh, Lisa says it, it keeps turning off every time you mention the A word. What, Alexa? <laughs> I still nurse a crush on Michael Portillo, says Jenny. You on medication or something? A crush on Michael Portillo? She says, he's known as Miguel by sketch writers. His flamboyance. <laughs> Excuse me. His flambo- What's flamboyant about him? Because he wears odd coloured jackets. And speculative smiles have endeared him to many gays and straight women of my age. You're on serious medication, aren't you? You really are. You're barking mad. Which hospital are you under? 
Gays fantasising over Michael Portillo. Good Lord, that's the first time I've ever heard that one on this programme. And says, uh, we remember dancing at discos. What are you on? How are people in homes getting through to this programme? How are they allowed to send things at all? But uh, anyway, he married Caroline because armed forces minister under the Tories, but lost his... Who cares? He wears very camp-coloured jackets. And he has worldwide recognition because they go, oh, dear. There's poor old Michael Portillo. What was he? He was somebody important. And now he sits on a train whilst other people go, what in God's name is he wearing? But uh, unfortunately, I've never heard of any gays fantasising over him. Seriously. Uh, Steve, uh, what's been your worst holiday experience? Well, you should know that. You shouldn't need to ask a question. That's the stupidest question I've ever heard. I don't do holidays and I don't have worst holiday experiences that I'm prepared to talk about at the moment on the programme. We've we've had a couple of little bits and pieces, but nothing, you know, we went to, um, uh, what was that ghastly place I went to, the Volcanic Islands. It's a dump anyway. Whatever it was, it was the worst holiday I've ever been on. Only because the weather was atrocious and uh, and because it was full of chavvy Brits. You know, anybody, I'm sorry, who walks around in a football shirt and Union Jack shorts, I'm out. Like, really quickly. You know, or people that turn up in their vest for breakfast. Really bad news. Chavs, you know, people of lower class distinction, I'm afraid. Not on my holiday. I can't remember where I went to, actually. It's all, it's all volcanoes down the middle of it, down... It was, it was Spanish, yes. But the food was British. Very difficult to find Spanish food unless you call pizza Spanish food. And that was about it. Hey, you like uh, pizza? Yeah. And so we ate pizza, which was nice. You know, I can cope with pizza. I don't have a problem with pizza. It's just the island was dreadful. The whole thing was awful. You can't walk barefoot along it because it's all full of volcanic ash and rocks and everything else. Oh, dear me. Why I ever went there? Oh, and they went, oh, today we're going to do an excursion. Oh, right. Where are we going to? Where is it? Lanza Grotti. That's it, Lanza Grotti, the place that's full of naff, chavvy Brits. Don't ever go there, you'll have a vile time. Because you watch somebody now write in and go, oh, we really enjoyed it in Lanza Grotti. And then on one of the days, they said, oh, there's actually, um, <laughs> we're actually going uh, on an excursion. You think, oh, that'll be nice, where are we going to? Oh, there's a market. Oh, lovely. So we went there and we looked at this tatty display of some crummy stalls selling rubbish that you'll buy in the markets here. I mean, seriously bad. Spear is seriously bad. And they were selling belts. Well, I can buy a belt here. I don't need to go to Lanza Grotti to buy a belt. The biggest queue was for the crepe store. And we looked at it and we went, oh, my God, what a pile of doggies. And uh, so we sort of left there. We actually got a private taxi back. Get us away from this. I mean, it was, it was almost like it had been arranged for sort of stupid tourists who've never seen a market before. I'm sorry, we come from England. We've got loads of markets. Bigger, better. More interesting. They weren't selling anything there that you'd have been remotely interested in buying. Do you know the best thing that I saw whilst I was in Lanzagrotti? By the side of the road, birds of paradise. Have you ever seen those flowers, the birds of paradise, which last for weeks? They were growing wild by the side. That was the highlight. That was the highlight. The rest of it was rubbish. Rubbish. I wouldn't be seen dead there again. You'd have to pay me. Oh, and the other place as well. It's a place I went to in um, Spain as well which is sort of duty-free. Gran, Gran Canaria. We went to Gran Canaria. And, um, and that was sort of... God. It was fine first time for two days. The hotel was very good. It was German. So the quality was great. The food was great. Everything. And then it had the Yumbo Centre, which during the daytime was very touristy. At night time, it became a gay club. The whole thing. I mean, it was just sort of really bizarre. And it was full of Brits. 
full of Brits, drag bars, everything else, which was OK. Nothing the matter with that bit. It was just the rest of the island was a dump. It really was. But our hotel was nice, but we couldn't get in it second time. So we had to go round the coast. And that's when we encountered feral cats. And when I say feral cats, not just one or two, hundreds of the blooming things. Hundreds sitting outside your room every night. All night, seriously, all night. And then we got bad weather. Then next door they started building a hotel. Hola! At six in the morning. In the end, you were ready to kill. So we didn't go back there again. And we got food poisoning in the Yumbo Centre. Didn't help. So I'm kind of limited now on holiday. I'm kind of li- Mainly because I don't do holidays. Some people love holidays. Some people enjoy the, the whole, you know, sort of the sun lounger and the spraying on of the ombre solaire and stuff like that. Then I thought I'd quite like to go to Moscow. And then I thought, well, very shortly Moscow will be here. So there's no point. We'll just wait for them. And, and then I thought I'd like to go back to America. So I'll probably go back to America. Unfortunately, Vegas is changing a bit. It's now turned into Chav Central. All the old people from Tawey and things like that go over there and the people from Geordie Shore. And it's ter- luckily they're a little bit far away because they just do drinking holidays. All people do on holidays drink. I don't know why. You can drink here. But they all seem to want to go there and drink as well. I don't know. I don't know how it works either. Mr Portillo, says Andy, was in Parliament at the same time as Anne Whittacombe. Maybe they swapped notes on how to be attractive. Oh, she's got another reality show coming up, hasn't she? The most boring person on the television. Must be bad enough booking tickets to see her in pantomime. With this. And here she is, Queen Widdy or something like that. It was all very funny, except she wasn't funny. That was the problem. Uh, luckily, not many chabby Brits around in shell suits these days, says Ron. Where do they go to? Actually, it's true. You don't see as many shell suits at the moment. I'm tempted to say certain areas where you could probably see shell suits, but... You know, legality and everything else forbid me from mentioning anything at all. So, uh, I don't know. You don't see shell suits. I did see somebody in a onesie the other day. A sad, lonely creature walking down the street in a onesie. I mean, seriously. I mean, that's just people who've got issues upstairs, haven't you? Know, the brain is out on, on loan to somebody else. Um, but the Michael Portillo thing, they must be old by now, mustn't they? It's like sort of asking... Um, who did Michael do that uh, programme with on the television... Uh, he was always seen... Oh, what's her name? The one who went out with Jeremy Corbyn. Who's that um, MP? Diane Abbott. I mean, seriously, every time I see her on the television, she's got this peculiar way of looking at the cameras and her eyes disappear as if she's trying to work out the answer of how many police officers and how much money was spent. She doesn't got the faintest idea. How do these people... How do they stay in? That always amazes me. Always amazes me, these things. Uh, Howard says, hope this email reached you. I'm in my secret nuclear bunker in Enfield. At least I'm safe from either Rocket Man or Putin. Well, wouldn't guarantee it. I wouldn't guarantee it. They're mad as broomsticks, aren't they? they? I mean, absolutely. We thought Kim Jong-un was mad with his haircut. He's beginning to look normal. Because he wants dialogue and everything else. Putin's going, go on, try it. Try it. I mean, they, they, they will. They'll, they'll push it as far as they can. I think Trump thinks everybody's going to bow down to him and lick his shoes. They won't, I promise you. Uh, we went on a recommended excursion, says Stuart, to a hippie market when we stayed in Ibiza. Supposedly authentic market with traditional products, but in reality, an endless stall of mass-produced rubbish, most of which, uh, which made in China. Most stalls repeated about ten times over. Why do they think that the Brits want to go to a market? We've got markets in this country. It was like years ago in Spain, it was all going, we're going for a barbecue. And you'd sit there in a huge barn of an aircraft hangar and they'd come along and give you cheap wine they couldn't get rid of and like a barbecue. And then you have some traditional flamenco. God, that was enough to drive you to distraction, wasn't it? And you'd think, shut up. And then they go, oh, we're going to go to a bullfight. Only one. That was the last time. Thank you very much indeed. Um... 
Just to warn you, Kerry's on TV later, says Gary. As what? As what? What's she on? Oh, here she is. Oh, look at her. Little Kerry Coke toner. And she's going to be, I'm talking mental health, bipolar and the stigma that surrounds it. I thought she's already done this. They're doing it again, are they? Girl, blimey, honestly. How many times can you trot out the same story? The same story. We know about it. You've done it before loads of times. And, uh, and then all these other people, you know, talking about bipolar. You know why they've done it? Because Mariah Carey's in the papers. And they can't think of anybody else who'll drone on apart from Carrie Katona. So she'll go on there and talk about something she's spoken about on about half a dozen different programmes. Heard it before, love. Heard it before. You know, you don't know anything about Mariah Carey. I'm assuming everybody's different. Why you're talking about it, I can't imagine. Uh, Steve, you should have gone to Puerto de Morgan in Gran Canaria. And uh, and somebody says, I often mistake Michael Portillo for Keanu Reeves for father and son. I think they look so alike. I get all the ones on drugs, don't I? I really do. You think Michael Portillo and Keanu Reeves look similar? Really? You really need your eyes tested. Go to Specsavers. Go and get some sort of help. It's, it's not working, I promise you. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Somebody was telling me that the RAF uh, tornadoes are on standby in Cyprus at the moment. And then you've got uh, some B-2 Spirit stealth bombers based in Missouri. Uh, they've got the price of all these. Why the price makes any difference, I've got no idea. Plus they've got uh, the USS Harry Truman Carrier which is $6.2 billion. plus they've got USS Donald Cook in the Eastern Mediterranean, together with the Ohio-class submarines. And, uh, and then we've got the, uh, the Raptors, and you've got the Special Forces based in Syria, helicopters, drones and everything else, because they say it's the brink of war. Trump has now threatened Russia. He's basically said, this is what we're going to do, and you're thinking, oh, please don't. Surely he's got advisers that go, no, we're not going to do it. They're going to have to go against him, surely. The headline in one of the papers today, the missiles are coming. America vows to smash Syria over the chemical attack. Oh, God. May could join the US strikes, but she faces a call for calm. Yes. I mean, what they have to do is they have to allow Putin an out. So nobody, because the one thing that is important in this is that nobody loses face. You've got to make it look as though nobody loses. If somebody thinks they're going to be made to look stupid, they're going to go for it. You know, and if you read the stories of what happened in Syria and the gas horror and the people who couldn't breathe and you think it, it could be done here very simply, very simply, really very simply. You know, we have to we have to make sure that there's an out for these people, including Putin. We did it really for Kim Jong Un. I see no reason why we shouldn't. But I mean, you know, when when Trump tweets to say, get ready, Russia and says missiles will be coming. I mean, you, you, his advisor surely can't be. He's not serious. The trouble is he might be serious. The trouble is because he's so mad, we've got no idea. He is, you know, and I, I would like to think that maybe Putin will go, I need an out. Somebody's got to give me an out. Otherwise, if it goes to it, it's going to change your summer holiday this year. Put it that way. Which, you know, not making light of it. Uh, the Prince, this is Prince William. He goes to a match the other day. He doesn't behave like a prince at all, just like some yobbo. And he's out there. And he said he wants to name his third child after Jack Grealish who's apparently a football player. That's all I know. And uh, so Prince Jack. And he was in uh, with Grealish second from right and, and other players in the Aston Villa change room. What's he doing? I mean, is this a job going for a freebie ticket for a football match? Is that what they call a job now in the royal family? I do hope not. Uh, also, Elton John says he's still not received his invitation to the royal wedding. 
I don't know if they want you there, actually, Alt. I know you went to the mother's funeral and things like that. But he says he, he, he's cancelled several Las Vegas show so he could attend the nuptials on May the 19th, but says he's still awaiting an official invite. Well, I mean, have you had word that you're going to be invited? Just imagine you cancel the dates in Vegas, and then they go, he was never going to be invited anyway. And they, they're not going to tell you. Apparently, Diana was a close friend of uh, uh, Elton John, and he sang at the funeral, and he believed she would have approved of Meghan. He said she'd be proud of them. What, because he's found a girl? I don't really... I mean, they talk rubbish, some of these people. He says they're fabulous human beings. They're bone idle. What are you talking about? Fabulous human beings. I mean, fabulous would be... Danny LaRue would be fabulous. John Inman would be fabulous. Kensington Palace said this week that uh, Theresa May and Donald Trump were not invited. We don't know why they're not invited. I thought that was just sort of part of it. You're living in this country. You know, you invite the Prime Minister of the day. I mean, that's how it works, isn't it? But uh, obviously Harry's gone, don't want her As I say, he'd, he'd probably rather have the staff at the hotel in Vegas where he took all his clothes off and was sort of filmed cavorting around. Let's invite them. Let's invite the cleaner in. She got an eyeful. She might as well see him in clothes on just to make it more entertaining. It is odd, isn't it, that they, and Elton John's cancelled gigs in Vegas because he thinks it's an invite. So he must have had the, had the nod. He must have actually, sort of, somebody must have said to him, listen, I think you're all right for an invite to it. But what's he going to do? Turn up, you know, I mean, the, the, the rocket man's now slowing down a little bit. Of course, by the time we get to the wedding, we might actually actually want to strap him to a rocket. It might be one of those sort of things. But if, if, if he's, because he should have had the invite by now. I don't want to sort of ruin his day, but I've had mine. You know, I don't want to make a big deal about it. I should be going incognito, which is lovely. And uh, Steve, I stayed in the hotel next door to the Yumbo Centre, says here, and it was great that you could wake up at three in the morning and go out for a couple of drinks before joining the spike at four. Ooh, I didn't know there was a hotel near the Jumbo Yumbo Centre. It was about a few minutes away in a taxi for us, but everything's duty-free on the island. I was watching that programme the other day, talking of duty-free, and it was, uh, it was the airport in Ireland, which was great. Got that very rude man over there who just it just picks on people for the sake of it, and they pick on a couple, and uh, because they've got too much, too much booze, too much tobacco, and too many cigarettes, and so the bloke then starts arguing, and the wife starts arguing. You know, fatal mistake to do with customs. You know, he had to explain customs, and I'm just operating on under what what the government has said. You can't bring this in. I think perhaps people think you know they're exempt from it, and so the woman then goes, "So it's all right to get heroin out on the streets?" And he goes, "I don't know. I'm just telling you that this is the cigarette allowance, you know, and you can confiscate. We confiscate all of this. You can either have a sleeve of cigarettes, and one of you can have the tobacco, or you can both have the cigarettes or both have the tobacco, but you're not having all of it. Simple as that." And so they went off moaning. And you think, but you must know, there's been enough of these programmes. You must have read, I presume you can read, you know, the uh, the law which is laid down on what you can bring back from other countries. And you can't bring back suitcases full of cigarettes. That's called profiteering and they don't want it. They don't like it. It's not good. Uh, Wayne says, trolley dolly, just arrived in Bangkok, 32 degrees and no rain. It's the equivalent of New Year's Eve here today. Apparently the locals drive around soaking each other with water pistols at midnight. I shall be hiding inside the hotel bar listening to LBC. Not my idea of fun. No, it wouldn't be my idea of fun either. There's not that other one that they do, which looks pretty, but you don't want to get involved in it, where they throw coloured paint at you. That, that always looks very pretty. They do it round our way. And it's like powder paint, which is... And that looks great. Anybody tries to do it to me, they'll be going home, you know, eating liquidised food. It's as simple as that. Going home surrounded by chrome. Yeah, we don't have any of that kind of thing. I don't like that idea of people doing things like that. But soaking people with water pistols, could that be entertaining? I don't know. Provided it was just water pistols, but then we've had peculiars before. People who are now locked up in prison, thank God. And... uh, 
And uh, except they stay there for the rest of their life. Uh, I've seen people wearing pyjamas to the shops. Oh, that's nothing new. That's nothing new. That's been going on in Liverpool for ages. People with cur- Look at poor old uh, Colleen. Ha <laughs> She goes out with her hair in curlers to go and do some shopping. That's what they do. You know, if you come from a certain section of the community, that's what you do. You keep your hair in curlers. And then, was it Kate Garraway the other day? She goes on to Good Morning Britain. She's working with Eamon. <coughs> poor old Eamon, honestly. As I say, his answer must go, he'll, he'll, he'll do it. Perhaps he's trying to accumulate an awful lot of money before he sort of swans off to a cloud in the sky. But uh, anyway, she had a curler in the back of her hair. Still, nobody mentioned it to her. She must have walked past people. They must have gone, oh, hi, Kate. She's got a curler in the back of her Don't say anything. Don't say anything. She's got a curler in the back of her hair. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because you, you, sometimes you walk down the street and people look at you and you think to yourself, you have to quickly do a look down just in case you walked out without any trousers on or you're wearing slippers or your zips undone or something. Because you think, why are people looking at And it's not just one person looking at you. If, if a few people look at you, you start thinking, well, why are they looking at me? But what's, the, you know, have I got sort of shaving foam around, which I wouldn't have, but I mean, you know, that kind of thing. Have I got shaving foam around my face or, you know, mascara or something? I don't know. I'm trying to think of anything. Uh, and people do, do stare, don't they? But uh, interesting. Uh, Steve, uh, I heard name that chew is, tune is possibly coming back. Well, that's OK, but why can't they come up with something new? And the answer is they can't. They've got no new ideas on the television. You know, tipping point, we're rapidly getting to the end of it now. I'm a bit bored with that one. That's just sort of a lot of people, some of whom are thick as anything, and uh, some of whom aren't. And then they have occasionally a celebrity version, and it turns out they're not really celebrities. They're sort of minor people you've never heard of. And so that's slightly disturbing. And then, mind you, every time I turn on, there's sort of poor old Benjamin Shepherd popping up on a sport programme. Does he ever spend time at home? I wish he would. A bit like Eamon Holmes. Spend more time at home. Do us all a favour, which is nice. Uh, so Culture Club are going back on the road, which is good. And uh, I'm sure that people... They have to do all the songs, though, don't they? They have to do, you know... Come, 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 I remember getting up early in the morning and somebody said to me, Boy George is on the television. He was the worth... He was, he was the only person at the time worth getting up for early in the morning because he would have full makeup on and everything. And the other one I, I got up early for was Bross. Where are they now? Where's Matt Goss? We've not heard from Matt for ages. I don't know whether he's working as a barista or something like that. I mean, he was sort of over here. Then we had that sort of quasi-story. He's going out with Melanie Sykes, because apparently they used to go out together years and years ago. And, uh, and then he's disappeared. So he's not working Vegas. I don't know where he is now. He must have... Must be something going on, mustn't there, really? Well, we hope so. Uh, Michael Parkinson, in a few of the papers today, but he's done one particular interview where he's talking about living with cancer. He's in his 80s now. He said, I'm not allowed to moan. His wife, Mary, had, had uh, get on him. I remember seeing them both on the television. Big fan. He used to work for us here. Not, not here, obviously, but he used to work for LBC. Also, Paul Hollywood's sausage roll is illegal. I'm assuming it's obviously been made with sort of something you shouldn't put in it. News at six is coming up. It's Thursday morning on LBC. It's the 12th of April. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Donald Trump warns Russia missiles will be on the way to Syria as the PM edges Britain closer to war. I mean, honestly, out of the frying pan into the uh, proverbial, as they say. Give him the out. Give Putin the out. That's what we need. Let's try and be grown up about it. Let's not be stupid, shall we? I realise what's gone on, but we don't want this escalating any further. Labour promises free bus travel for all under 25s, apparently because the poor little mites can barely make ends meet. And Corbyn thinks that if they don't have to pay on the buses, they'll save. Ah. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 
Morning, every Thursday, 12th of April. Steve Allen's early breakfast till seven. Batten down the hatches, as they say. We're in for a bumpy ride. In fact, we could be in for a, a bumpy, bumpy ride, depending on how mad Trump decides to go and whether or not Putin thinks you're bluffing and whether or not Theresa May goes, are we really sure we're doing this? You know, do they have advisors, these people? I mean, surely somebody, if children can see common sense, surely adults can. We just have to uh, sort of operate some sort of get-out clause for Putin so that he doesn't lose any face, so that nobody loses any face, and we all end up, you know, trying to live in harmony. But it's like living on a knife edge at the moment, isn't it? Every We are on the brink, as the Mirror says today. The President says missiles are on the way to Syria. And um, this sparks fear in a wall-out war with Russia. To be honest with you, I don't know. I was telling you yesterday, although almost jokingly, when they were asking some experts, how likely is it there's going to be World War Three? They seem to think it was likely. In our lifetime, you know, if you've not lived through anything like this, it won't be fun. Put it this way, we have to sort of... I don't know whether it could be over very quickly. I don't know whether or not people will bring in all... I mean, just hope it never happens. Seriously, I hope it never happens. I was, th- I was thinking the other day, I wonder how many more years I've got to live when I manage to get through the whole of my life without having to worry about whether or not we're going to have an all-out war. Because it, I think when push comes to shove, I don't think, you know, with our raggle-taggle army that we've got at the moment and the forces, we're, not, we're sort of... We're going to be sort of much use against the might of some of these uh, huge superpowers. And uh, if Russia... I mean, I don't know whether or not we're supposed to get involved. If sort of America, you know, in their infinite wisdom, and surely it can't just be based on what Trump thinks, decide to release missiles, you know, Putin will retaliate. But where will they retaliate? What will they do? Will they target main cities? Will they target, you know, New York? Will they target Washington? Who knows? I mean, God knows where it could end. I don't even like to think about it. Because it's almost, it's like a film, isn't it? It's not, it's not real. The trouble is, it is real. It is real. Other stories in the papers for, uh, for today, uh, apart from Trump, who dominates most of the papers, most of the papers, the, uh, uh, why have we had enough of eating out? Because it's expensive. I quite like it. I like the idea of eating out. In fact, I, I would do it every day of the week if I didn't think I was going to end up uh, too big. Does anybody still splash on Old Spice? The answer is yes. People of a certain age would always have worn Old Spice. Uh, the Spy Girl, <clears throat> she's found her voice. She says uh, that the Kremlin have, have sort of offered, you know, advice and all the rest. They don't believe it. The Kremlin have said that this is all fake news. We've got fake news going on at the moment and that she's probably being held against her will. I mean, you know, that's what we're dealing with here. She says, I don't want the Kremlin's help. Whereas I thought a short while ago her father had written saying he wanted to go back to Russia. I don't care where they go, as long as they go somewhere else. We've got more people in this country holding up the hospital system, which we're paying for. It's ridiculous. Plus, found on a beach, a 1980s crisp packet and a 1950s washing up bottle. A 1950s, proving how long this stuff lasts. You know, a 1980s crisp packet, you'd think it would be biodegradable. No such thing at all. And a, and a washing up bottle, I think it's fairy, uh, from the 1950s. Uh, also, the five classic whodunits, why we'd all kill for a great crime novel. Out of all the, the novels, you get certain people who like the romantic types, and there are other people who like the crime novels. And there's a list of your five favourite crime novels. I'll read it out to you a little bit later on as to uh, whether or not you've got these books within your bookshelves. But, but I don't think people read enough now. I seriously think you get loads of bookshops that close because people, you know, there's, there's such a the supermarket starts selling books and they'll sell as a lost leader. So the high street booksellers, we've lost a couple in, in Twickenham, uh, which were independents. They lose out because the supermarket down the road is selling a book that they sell for twelve ninety nine for eight ninety nine. 
they'll sell it cheaper than, than they're paying for it. They just want to get you into the supermarket. Hence, Tesco... My God, we blinked well this morning. Uh, Tesco announcing 1.3 billion. Only a short while ago, they were sort of bit down the list. Now they're, uh, they're right at the top. Very interesting. Uh, councils planning to charge for how heavy your bins are. What sort of stuff are you throwing away? Do people recycle? No. Does everybody put their stuff in the bins? No. Lazy people don't bother doing that. Uh, the judge who's given the parents the date for Alfie's treatment to end. This is the little uh, boy who's on life support. He can't survive much longer. They're going to turn it off. The judge has decided they will not tell you when they're going to turn it off. And then this little boy could sort of go on his journey to, uh, to quite, you know, a nice place. Because at the moment he's just being kept alive. He has no quality of life. He's, uh, he's brain dead. It's it's just not going to happen. The parents are clinging on to everything. They've tried every avenue. Nothing's worked. And uh, now they have a date. Also, the amputee hero riding into history today, uh, riding a horse. I see no reason why somebody who's an amputee shouldn't ride a horse. Uh, plus the RAF hero, his first book out at the age of 97. I tell you who's writing a book as well. Do you remember that bloke from Gogglebox who died? There was their husband and wife. She's writing a book about their sort of their journey. Funny, isn't it? People think they've had a journey now because they've been on television and exposed to the full glare of, uh, of publicity. 84850, uk. Uh, Jan says, I agree with you. Trump's threats are worrying. However, America has a history of not attacking any country that can hit back. Well, please. I mean, don't. I mean, don't. I don't even want to go there. I was thinking about it. I was thinking, oh, don't definitely don't want to go there. Uh, Chris says, only know, God only knows where this is going. It's all down to childish egos. Yeah, but the trouble is they, they've got the, the buttons, haven't they? We don't have the buttons. They have them. Trump has the right to do something. You can only hope that people will sort of tie him down to the floor and shove him in a cupboard and lock the door and let him stay there for a while. Because you don't want to go down there. Don't want to go down that route. Um, um, David wants to know if we have any operational aircraft carriers. Didn't we just sell one off? I think we just sold one off a short while ago. But, uh, so we don't have any because that new aircraft carrier... Remember the HMS Queen Elizabeth? It's £6.2 billion. It's the size of Swindon, isn't it? Size of Swindon. Good Lord above. It won't be operational until 2020. It currently has a few helicopters on it, but it can't take fighter jets. Russia have described it as a large, convenient target. Oh, riveting. Well, that's fantastic, isn't it? Let's just blow the thing up. It's, it's it's quite serious. This they're not joking. Let's hope that uh, let's hope that uh, you know it doesn't go that way. Uh, Steve, I've been to Lanzagrotti. Uh, this one cat stayed with us every day. Tried to get into the suitcase when we were packing. I'm not surprised. And uh, and somebody says I don't want to be nuked. Could you stop it, maybe? Well, hopefully they're listening to this program and they're realising that. Nobody wants to be. Nobody ever wants to go to war, do they? But there's wars all over the place, and we've now had a couple of scrapes. First of all, with North Korea, and uh, now North Korea are talking to South Korea. Kim Jong-un has suddenly realised that there's a very good chance he could be blown up, so maybe he's seen sense, so that's looking good. He might go and, and talk to people. You know, over here, Theresa May, basically ineffective. Nobody knows what they're doing. We don't know what to do. We don't have any deterrent for anything like this if they start trying to... But we, we shouldn't get involved with it. Well, I hope not. Uh, Steve, I found a Golden Wonder packet from the 70s in a wood last year. Wow. And John in Birmingham says, as an heterosexual male, I found the Yumbo Centre most confusing as the prettiest women were men. Yes. And, uh, Steve, when I went to India in 2014 to do my yoga course, it was around the time of Diwali, and at night people were sort of dancing, playing drums, fireworks going off, and they were throwing different coloured powders. Interesting to watch, but that's about it. Yeah, I don't want to go home covered in paint. 
Well, I'm sure for some people, a badge of honour. And um, another one says, um, thank you for mentioning these horrible people who take puppies from these disgusting puppy farms. This is a vet, Christine. This is a vet in Uxbridge. A vet who's been found guilty because he was he was taking money and bright disgusting man, Mr. Doherty. Disgusting. I mean, absolutely. You can't even believe that people are like that. But uh, now people have seen his picture. Uh, Mark in Cardiff says, I don't know about Old Spice, but I like splashing on a bit of Brute. Yes. You can always tell a joke CD, can't you? Firstly, you're lying about living in Cardiff. Secondly, you can't afford Brute. We know that. I know. I know how it works. And uh, somebody else says, talking of television revivals, Wurzel Gummidge. I know. Yes. I'm, I'm not sure. You can't, you can't remake uh, programmes that were as perfect as they were first time round. Even though Tom Cruise tried with Mission Impossible, they were pants. Absolute pants. You've got to, you know, try and come up with something original, but they don't. How many Rocky films do we have? Rocky 1, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Rocky 3785. There were six Rocky films. You know, people were bored with uh, Sylvester Stallone. He's disappeared, hasn't he, Sylvester Stallone? Even, I wonder if his mother's still around, Jackie. She was balmy as a fruitcake. She popped up on a couple of reality shows in this country. And we all looked in, in disbelief, going, what the dickens is she? Mission Impossible 6 is out this year. Tom Cruise obviously run out of ideas completely. I don't know why they bother making them. You cannot improve on... We'll be doing the A-Team next, won't we? B.A. Baracus, fool. I used to love that thing, but it was of its generation. You can't make it again. Uh, Steve, if councils intend to charge you, says Martin, by the way, to rubbish you throw away, can I go and stuff bins in public parks with my trash and then claim a rebate for my own empty bin? Oh, I've seen companies doing that. Haven't you seen that? I saw a company the other day. In, uh, where was it? St Margaret's. It's a, a, you know, a shop. But they were filling up the council bins with their rubbish because they don't want to pay to take it away. Lots of people do that. There's lots of old scams out there on the old taking away of rubbish. Let me tell you, there's a lot of bin men on backhanders. A lot of bits, especially around our way. Especially around our way. More of your texts and emails in a, in a moment. 84850. The most admired people in Britain are David Attenborough and the Queen. Do you think that's because they were pictured in the paper the other day? They're going to be talking about green issues. And uh, the other one, the woman who can't resist a set of heels. She spent £28,000 on new pairs. What is this addiction people have with shoes? It's supposed to be like handbags, isn't it? People buy lots of handbags and then they buy lots of shoes. And if I have an addiction, what would be the addiction? Prosecco bottles. I'm saving corks at the moment for a friend of mine. A vacuum cleaners as well. I know. Well, not as much as a kid the other day in the paper. He's got 150. I'm an amateur. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. I know normally we sort of we do light ent. I'm very good at light ent. But occasionally when there are stories in the papers, you have to put your spin on it, don't you? You have to sort of talk about things because it's something that people will be talking about. See, see I'm, I'm as, as interested in Trump and us being on the brink because I think he's mad as a barrel load of frogs as I am in the full bounty the ITV show, you probably missed this if you missed the beginning of the programme, the ITV show where you've got loads of well-known celebrities like Colleen Nolan, a few other people, who sort of um, got their boobs out on television. I thought for charity. That's what it said on the ITV website. They were raising money for charity. Very quickly, ITV realised that they weren't raising money for charity. In fact, they were doing it to raise awareness. But they didn't say that. They only raised about 4,300 quid for charity, which means that nobody was interested at all, uh, apart from seeing the boobs of Colleen Nolan and Victoria Derbyshire. And then it turns out, then it turns out that many of them, whether it was all of them, I don't know. So I can't, I can't lump everybody and say, they got paid 
for doing the programme. Now, I understand people getting paid for doing a programme, but the difference is here that all these people have been affected by breast cancer, the men from testicular cancer and things like that, and yet they were paid £10,000 each. And I'm thinking, but I thought it was for charity. Anyway, very quickly, ITV removed the charitable bit off the website and said they were raising awareness, which isn't how it was portrayed originally. That's what I thought they were doing. I had no idea they were doing it for filthy money and they were trousering £10,000 each. £80,000. Whether whether they all got paid, as I say, I have no idea. Uh, They've named a few people here, like Megan McKenna and, um, and Colleen Nolan, a few other people, and they got paid... £10,000 for stripping off. So it wasn't such a hardship at all because they were being compensated. But I thought it was for charity, as indeed did most of the audience, but obviously not. So they raised 4,218 quid. They had all sorts of people on there. And um, the pay revolution comes after The Sun told how the great British Bake Off stars raked in hefty sums for stand-up to cancer specials. Paul Hollywood, they say, is said to have made up to 23,500 per episode. I mean, I don't know that for a fact. I'm just reading what it says in the newspapers. But uh, an ITV spokesman said, they're never named, are they, that um, uh, the shows were raising awareness about cancer and encouraging people to make... No, they weren't. You said originally in the name of charity. I mean, I'm not blind. I'm not stupid. You know, somebody's lied somewhere and somebody's head will roll with a bit of luck. But uh, all these people took all their clothes off. Uh, you know, which was really exciting. And then the blokes took their clothes off as well. I don't know whether they got paid. To, of course, if you didn't get pay parity, that'll be interesting, won't it? If the blokes only got three and a half thousand quid and the women got ten. That'll be interesting. But as I say, I mean, you know, Colleen Nolan, you could have got for a quid. Just give her a few, few drinks and a couple of packets of fags. She'd have probably taken her clothes off anyway. But to get paid £10,000 when we thought it was for charity is a bit naughty. I think a bit naughty. Uh, what else we got here? What else we got? Uh, don't tax meat. It's good for you. Eat a balanced diet, says Alex James. Yes, I mean, this was some, some bloke in a university. He was a vicar or something like that. And uh, he's... I think Alex is a farmer, isn't he? Doesn't he do farming? Is he the one from Blur? Yes. He's, he does cheese now, does he? Oh, right. But he's talking about spag bol. If you have it now, it's 6.41 with tax. 7.21. Uh, the full English. Oh, I could eat a full English. He's got a piece of fried bread here. This looks this is my sort of full English. We talked about full Englishes. There's the best one in the country. Beat everybody. The Ritz, the Woolsey, the Ivy, everybody. And it's only four quid. That's for their super deluxe one. They do one at 3.95 and one at 4.95. Roast beef. They'll add an extra two quid on if, if they put a tax... They won't put a tax on meat. They really won't. Otherwise, they'll just kill another industry. They're all obsessed with doing something, aren't they? But as I say, we're in the, the mamby-pamby country time at the moment. You can't do this. Sorry, can we do... No, you can't do that. Why not? Well, because we've said you can't. And you think to yourself, oh, dear. We're also paying... There's a story here, which is the council idiocy. This is the children of two illegal immigrants facing deportation are getting how much from taxpayers whilst living in Africa... This is a boy aged seven and a girl aged one were born here but sent to live abroad with their aunt after a British court ruled their parents were unfit to care for them. They get £300 a week. £300 a week. They don't even live here. They get £300 a week. The family's county council, thought to be in southern England, has agreed to pay fifteen and a half grand a year for the children over the next nine years until the eldest turns 16. Good God. That's absolutely unbelievable. By the time she's 16, the total bill will top nearly £200,000. Heavens above. Mind you, there are loads of people living all over the place, aren't there? And we send money out to people. 
And over here in our prisons, we've got all sorts of paedophiles and rapists and extortionists and drug dealers. And we can't get rid of them. We can't get rid of them. Unless we should sort of strap them to missiles or something and send them, send them away. Uh, plus the heroes and villains. It's Prince William not doing anything. Not really having a job at the moment. Sort of just waiting for the wife to give birth. They've erected all the barriers around the hospital. And uh, all the fan will be out there. Going, whoa, 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 waving a, a flag and all the rest of it. Woman has baby. Woman has... Three babies now, isn't it? That'll be the poor old Harry gets further down the list every time. Get your commemorative tea towels now. Woo, Harry and Meghan. Oh, no, sorry, William McCain. Baby, another baby. So poor Harry, as I say, I don't know why we're wasting 30 million quid. Very shortly, he better wander around all by himself. He'll find a job. I don't know. Because at the moment, he doesn't seem to have done anything. We don't have any pictures or anything. He's not getting married for months and months and months. He could be wearing the same suit again. Perhaps he's going, we don't need to waste money on a suit. Uh, also, uh, night owl, 70%, no, 10%, I do beg your pardon, can't read now, more likely to end up in an early grave. Night owls, I'm not a night owl, that's the trouble, I'm early to bed, early to rise, which apparently gives me longevity. The, uh, the earlier you go to bed and the earlier you wake up, apparently it's really good for you, which is quite, I'm quite happy with that, of course I might have misconstrued it completely. Uh, also here, this is, uh, Minister's Pledge to End an Epidemic. And, and you know what the epidemic is? Loneliness. Loneliness. Apparently now we have to look after everybody because they're lonely. I never understand why people are lonely. Is it their fault? Or is it because they don't mix with people? Or is it because they're shy? Is it because they're bipolar? What is it? What is it that makes people lonely? As I say, there's only one time I've ever been lonely when I was stuck up in London. And, um, and I didn't have any money. And so I couldn't really go out. I couldn't really do anything at all because unless you've got money, you can't do anything at all. And London was terribly expensive, I seem to remember. But we seemed to exist on air. I don't know what we were eating. I really got a packet of chips, I think, every so often. We never thought about, you know, we couldn't afford anything else that went with it. How we existed, I seriously have no idea. No idea. Now, you know, I can buy whatever food I want. But, I, you know, I tend to be a bit more selective. Perhaps it's growing up like that. I don't know. But does it make you lonely? Do records make you lonely? Yeah. Does losing a partner, losing a boyfriend, losing a girlfriend, does that make you lonely? Possibly. Possibly. You know, if somebody, if you're married and then you lose your partner, they die or something like that. Does that make you lonely? Yes. It doesn't matter how many people you're surrounded by. You're never going to get over that. That's something that's always going to be with you. It's very difficult. It's very difficult to A, spot people's loneliness. They're also talking in the paper today about being bipolar. And, um, and this is Mariah Carey opening up her heart. So, of course, one of the programmes decided to actually put on uh, Kerry Katona, because I can't think of anybody else, and it's a cheap booking, so you just get her to talk about being bipolar. Uh, she says, uh, I've lived in fear for 17 years that somebody would tell the world. Why? Everybody talks about it. Perhaps it's just not, you know, Americans. They don't... Over here, we talk about it all the time. In fact, some people, you can't shut up about it. People are constantly telling you. Uh, Prince William was named after me, says Will, Will Guyard. Did I tell you, Will, that the other day, down the road from me in Isleworth, there was Guyard's Fun Fair... Did I tell you that? You know, we were talking about circus and funfairs, and you think that your family history is funfairs. Guyatt's Funfair. I nearly took a photograph, but to be honest with you, I'm not going to waste time. And, uh, and it was Guyatt's Funfair. Spelt the same way. So there's obviously a Guyatt's Funfair out, because it was. It was down with us in Eyesworth. He says, I've got a better work uh, ethic, though. Yeah, he doesn't seem to do anything now, does he? He's just, you know, they've just got into the lazy bit. I just thought it was Prince Andrew and his bone-idle daughters and his, uh, and his wife. But no, no, it seems to run through the royal family. It really does. The only person who seems to work hard, as I said yesterday, is Princess Anne. So, 
headlines all over the place about get ready Russia missiles coming. Let's hope not, shall we? Let's hope not. Uh, and also, uh, the kids have, kids have done that. Uh, also, why was this one here? A ten million pound lottery winner has been charged with drink driving. It's a bit silly, isn't it? In fact, more than a bit silly. This man was arrested following a crash involving two cars near the mansion he bought with his winnings. So he and the other driver run hurt, although fire crews and an ambulance were sent to the scene. And um, he vowed to continue to use his local, but said he'd pay £5 for a cab home. It's good. Because when he first... Uh, I don't know what he's done, actually. I don't know he's... Um, anyway, he has been charged with, with drink driving. He said, you know, if it's a toss-up between spending five quid on a cab home or risking it, spend five quid, but people don't, do they? They, they decide to take the risk, thinking, ooh, maybe I can get away with it. And uh, in this particular case, not. And then there was a soldier who got... He, he complained about feet being cold. My feet get cold. The unnamed squaddy, referred to in court papers only as Soldier D, suffered a non-freezing cold injury. Have you ever heard of that? A non-freezing cold injury. I get cold feet a lot. As he walked in mud during an exercise in 2012... And he's won £800,000. That's what we're into now, isn't it? The compensation culture. He was medically discharged after 10 years' service. And so he's, uh, he's got £800,000. But my German, who knows? He could end up, I could end up having my feet amputated, toes amputated. There was a drink, wasn't there? Isn't there some bloke who's got people's toes in drink and in, in a pub or something? Whatever, it sounded horrible. Sounded absolutely horrible. Uh, the fairground collection connection explains a lot, says Will. Yeah, it's so funny though, isn't it? It says Guy. It's fun fair. I mean, that's why I only thought about it because you'd mentioned it a short while ago. I'm nothing if not current on those programmes. Seriously, I'm quite amazing. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. I was just looking at the pictures actually of the um, of some of the weapons that were seized in that raid yesterday, and uh, some of them were submachine guns, miniature submachine guns. It's absolutely unbelievable. And, uh, and a 14-year-old boy among those people being uh, questioned. The top video is Mike, uh, what's-his-face, falling in the, uh, the the drink, which is good. Jeremy Corbyn deciding to give all the, I mean, under-25s now. They must be a bit mamby-pamby. They're going to get a free bus travel. Well, I see. Actually, to be honest with you, I don't see that many under-25s on buses. I really don't. Why do we have to give them that? And he says that will free them up. So that they can save money. And I thought they're not going to save money. They're going to go, whoopee, more money to spend on booze. Uh, Stephen Lawrence murder. Scotland Yard admits they have no new lines of inquiry. They're considering closing down the probe. And how much do hospitals spend on patients' meals a day? Three pounds. Three pounds. Fury is the full real Monty, or the real full Monty. Ladies get ten grand each. No mention of what the fellas got. I'm assuming if they got Jeff Brazier, they wouldn't have done it for free, would they? And, um... And also, the officer who dragged a man from a plane uh, is suing United Airlines in America. He said he wasn't trained to do this. And he went on there because this was the policy that United Airlines had of offloading people to put on a member of staff at the last minute. Now they've changed their practice, which is good. Also, uh, teachers have said that racist parents pulling children from RE classes, that's religious education, because they don't want them learning about Islam. Well, there you go. Mind you, in my day, we didn't. I, did, I can't remember what we did in RE. It was just, we just did Bible stories, I seem to remember. We had a man called Mr. Capernes. Isn't it funny how you remember somebody's name? I didn't take any particular interest in it. Mr. Capernes, who did, uh, who did religious education, or it could have been called RI. 
in my day. And what we learned, I've got no idea. I really can't tell you. But I remember doing it and thinking, oh, it's Mr Capernes today. And he was physically disabled, quite severely disabled. And, it, and when he lost his temper, he would throw the board rubber at you. You know, they used to have blackboards in the early days. Now it's overhead projectors. And he would throw it at you. You boy. And he would throw it. Not at me. I was far too goody two-shoes. Uh, Steve uh, says, gee, it would have been nice for the ladies involved in The Real Full Monty to donate their respective fees to the various charities who no doubt do some fantastic work. Always good to raise awareness, but it does seem sad that they raise less than half of one of their fees. Yes, funny they never mentioned it. Funny nobody mentioned it. Funny that Colleen on Loose Women, you know, always very gobby and always, did, you know, didn't mention she was paid £10,000 for showing us her boobs. I mean, to be honest with you, most days we see them resting on the table. But, I mean, you know, 10,000... Why didn't she mention it? Did she feel that guilty about it? And is Janet Street Porter, if they're on today... I want to see Janet Street Porter and her on the same programme, and Janet to go, we didn't know you got paid for that. And Colleen to go, yeah, and, and somebody to... They won't say it. You know they won't say it. To say, are you donating your fee to charity? That's what I'd like to see. That's what it was about. That's what I thought it was about. Obviously not. Obviously not. Uh, Steve, uh, so we can assume ITV paid for the girls' so-called confidence trip to France in the full montage. Well, I'm assuming so, yeah. Yeah, that's why they all looked it. It was a gig. They didn't see it any more than a gig. Might have raised awareness, but I can talk about testicular cancer and things like that and raise awareness. Nobody pays me. Well, apart from the usual fee here. Uh, Steve, I never feel lonely, says John. If I have a book to read, do you read much? No. I, d- I mean, I, I do absorb things. I'm very good at absorbing things. That's why if you do a if you do a chat program, you're supposed to have a good knowledge about all sorts of things. You know, you're supposed to be able to talk about all sorts of things. Because I, I see things on the television, and I love documentaries and stuff like that, and I remember things, and I retain things. And then they get regurgitated. But actually physically picking up a book, only a few. They've got to be specialist things. I go for the, the oddest book. Seriously, you'd think I was most peculiar. Uh, well, you probably think I'm most peculiar anyway, but it doesn't matter. Nick Ferrari's with you at seven this morning with breakfast. Jeremy Corbyn is demanding that MPs are given a vote to authorise any potential military action in Syria. But do you trust them to make the right decision? Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg was given a rougher ride on his final day in front of the US Congress as he responded to the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Nick will get the best reaction. Plus, continuing our coverage of the surge in violent crime in London. Nick will be joined live in the studio by the Met Police Deputy Commissioner, Craig Mackey. That's all with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 here on LBC. We'll do the front pages of the uh, papers in a moment. I think you have a rough idea. If you've listened to the programme since 4 this morning, you'll have a rough idea of, uh, of what's actually going on. Steve, if Wurzel Gummidge is re- returning, you might as well bring back Cat Weasel. Yes, he only died a short while ago, Hughie, didn't he? Uh, they did a, a remake of The A-Team a few years ago, says Patrick. Did they? I must have missed that one, actually. I used to like the A-Team. I thought it was, I thought it was a, a good programme, but it was of its time. When you look at some of these, it's like, you know, when you look at Dynasty and you look... And aren't they bringing Dynasty back or something? They brought back um, Will and Grace, uh, but without the housekeeper. She didn't want to be involved in it. And, uh, and that was good. They're very clever, very clever scripts, very clever scripts. I wish they'd bring back the Golden Girls, but a little bit difficult, seeing as they're all dead, except Betty White. And uh, somebody says they're uh, dragging Harrison Ford up for a new Indiana Jones movie. I'd, I only saw a few of those. I, I preferred Back to the Future. If I was given a choice, I quite liked it. The Indiana Jones were fairly good. I mean, how old is he? He must be in his 70s now, isn't he? Late, late 70s. Good Lord above. Uh, Steve, I see many school children on buses going only a few stops because it's free. If they walk more, they might not be so overweight, says, uh, says Jan. 
Well, there is that. Uh, mind you, I, I, I sometimes do that. I have got on a bus outside Waitrose and gone one stop because I've had some shopping. <laughs> and it's free as well. I don't have to pay to go on the buses. And uh, you're right, you do see kids on the buses and they do, they do go one stop. And you're right. If it, and I think it should finish after school because that would then confine children to their homes and play in their area because otherwise you get feral children who come into towns and things like that because it's free on the buses. I think they should actually stop it. I think, you know, you get to four o'clock, cut-off point, or five o'clock or something like that. Uh, Steve, talking about people staring at you, my chum went from Rainer's Lane to Wembley, where she worked, with people staring at it in the 70s. She thought they were admiring her mohair cardigan. When she got to work, a colleague pointed out that a pair of knickers was stuck to the cardigan by static electric, says Jan. Do you remember when you get people, you see them walk in front of you, and they've, they've got their skirt tucked into their knickers? And you don't like to say anything, do you? I've seen people with their zips down before, men. And I want to say, excuse me, the zip. And you, you, you don't really want to say it. I don't, you, you're not doing it out of cruelty, mental or otherwise. Uh, Steve, talking about old crisp packets and washing up bottles, our plastic milk crates are used for years. Last year, says Kevin, the milkman, I found one in my van that came from the London Co-op Dairy, who packed up in 1981. As the crates are date stamped, I looked at the date of manufacture. September 66 and still in perfect condition. The bit that hurt that it was only two years younger than me, but in, f- in far better condition. <laughs> that is funny, isn't it? I think that because you don't think about it. That's why, you know, when people you go down to the seaside now and in some of these little coves, the rubbish that washes up. Dreadful. Uh, my mother, who was from Liverpool, said Dallas only ever fried bread on one side. Read the full English. This is a story in the paper today that a full English, in fact, a couple of full Englishes in cafes have scored big time because they're good value. One is 99p for about five items. Kevin will be interested in that one. And uh, the other is a full English for 395, but an even fuller English for 495. And that beat everybody. It seriously beat everybody. God knows how many people entered this competition. And they've said the staff are good there. The breakfasts are lovely. It's in Wembley. And uh, I was secretly thinking of driving out to Wembley just for a breakfast, but it's a long way to go. But they beat the Ivy. They bought the Woolsey. They they beat all these places that you would think would be really, uh, really up for it. Because I think nowadays, you know, a buffet breakfast is the way forward. Unless you're ordering, you know, if you go into a cafe, they they have it up there. They go, full English would be fried bread, tomato, blah, 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 go through it. And you order that. But sometimes you see them and they go scrambled egg and back comes this little, and you think, it's too expensive you know, it's a breakfast. It's supposed to be cheap and cheerful. That's what I that's what I like about a breakfast. Over here at the Hampshire, they do a buffet breakfast. You can keep eating, but there's a limit to how much. So you pile your plate up. I can never eat it. I can, but unfortunately, eyes bigger than stomach. Uh, Ian says, I see nobody's brave enough to bring back Love Thy Neighbour. Maybe Russia and America could make it. Actually, I don't know why, because the good thing about, about Love Thy Neighbour with Nina Bader and Semple was the fact that the black couple... Always scored over the white couple every time. It's just that people didn't see it like that. They saw what they wanted to see. But no, the, the black couple always won every week. That was the, was the whole thing, actually. Uh, also, do you remember years ago, you'd see a heavy piece of material like deck chair material on the front door, told to keep the sun off? Yes. Yes. I mean, I, um, I do remember those. Mind you, I had a, a bead curtain. It was like bamboo little beads, and it was in the kitchen. Frankly, made so much blooming noise. It was dreadful. And now I've seen one which is magnetic. And on the front door, you're right, it was to keep the sun off your front door. You don't see them anymore now, do you? Uh, Steve Allen, LBC's best cure for loneliness. <laughs> and, uh, and Martin says, I always thought you were a specialist at raffles. You never know what you'll get with Steve Allen. 
Sorry, I mean waffle. Yes. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get. I never know from day to day. This would I mean, be ridiculous if we knew what we were going to do on the programme. So I was still doing it because every day is different. Uh, Mary Whitehouse once complained that Cat Weasel was promoting the occult. To be honest with you, I thought Mary Whitehouse was the occult. There was that great line. I love repeating it because it always makes me feel a bit better about life. And then we'll have to quickly go to the break. And uh, she appeared on, um, oh, what was that chat show? Mrs. Merton. And uh, Mrs. Merton, Carolina Hearn, uh, said, oh, she used to talk like that. She played this sort of dowdy little housewife. She said, oh, Mary Whitehouse, she said, she said, you've been such a campaigner against things on the television and, and, you know, and sort of being the moral guidance of persons. You know, when you die, would you like a statue put up to you? Mary Whitehouse fell right into it. She went, oh, that'd be nice. And Mrs. Merton came back with, that'll be the first erection you've never complained about. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Ten to seven. Nice heavy company. Another miserable blooming day. Can't wait for the weekend. Can't wait for the weekend when they tell me that sunshine is going to be about... I might undo an extra button on the shirt just to celebrate it and put a pair of shorts on. Not going outside. There's no... I've never worn a pair of shorts outside and walked down the high street. Not in a million years. I just could People think I'm something from the Antiques Roadshow. There's no point in looking. I've got... You know, Arthur Negus would describe them as cabriole legs, so I don't bother. Uh, Steve, can somebody please tell Jeremy Corbyn there's no such thing as a free bus pass... When a passenger travels on the bus using a pass that they don't pay for, that trip and every single trip is paid for by someone, normally local councils. I know, but they call it free because it's free for me. I've got one. I've got one. Uh, Steve, if they want to change the bus pass entitlement, it should be reinstated to 60 from the current 66, not given to fit healthy young people, says Andy. Uh, You mean reinstated back up to 66, not 60, don't you? Because it comes in at uh, 60, I believe, now. And uh, Angela says, I'm an RE teacher. And when teaching the topic of Islam, I teach the children all about tolerance and understanding. Sad. Some parents might feel their children should be removed from such classes. Well, they're doing it. And, uh, and Joy, your fry-up in Wembley is uh, the Lounge Cafe. It operates in a community centre in Wembley in north-west London. And uh, it's top-notch two. That came second. Number one is Grafter's Cafe. And uh, they do bacon, egg, bean, sausage and toast under a quid. I mean, there's no excuse for this place not being packed. Uh, I believe that they've got a few outlets. Southend and Basildon, I believe. And uh, they're sort of eyeing up Manchester, Liverpool and the Midlands. Can they make a profit at that? Under a pound? Seems an awful lot, doesn't it? Well, it seems an awful lot of of breakfast and not very much money. Uh, A lot of pet owners get ripped off nowadays. And what it is, it's, um, it's buying food. Uh, it's animal crackers. I mean, the huge markup on kitty nibbles. Um, one here. This is, <laughs> I can't believe these prices myself. You might have to correct me on these, but this is what they're putting in the papers. They've got here um, innocent cat venison slices, red deer venison, pets corner five ninety nine, price per kilogram sixty quid. Sixty quid. People pay an awful lot of money for this stuff here. Also, they've got. Thrive Pro Reward Liver Dog Treat, 500 grams, pets at home, 34.95, price per kilo, 70 quid. It's amazing, isn't it? There's one here, Thrive Cat Treats, 100% chicken, Sainsbury's, 3 quid, price per kilogram, 120 pounds. That's what it works out at. Oh, damn, I don't know how people afford it. Seriously, keeping a pet nowadays, very, very expensive, very expensive. But uh, never mind. Uh, tanker driver Phil enjoyed my uh, my slight gag from Mrs Merton. 
And uh, it was good, actually. It was, she came up with some really wonderful things on the programme. Sadly, not with us. But uh, only the good die young, as they say. Front page of the papers. Here we go. The Sun. Uh, Mariah Carey, my secret battle with bipolar. So somebody's going to put Kerry Katona on. We'll tell you the same story she told you time and time and time and time again. Like she can speak for Mariah Carey. The Full Bounty. The Full Monty stars. Only the women, as far as I know, unless tomorrow they're going to come up with the uh, with the men getting paid as well for taking their clothes off. £10,000 each. That's the rate for getting... Would you like to take your toe clothes off? Certainly not. Um, 50000 50, mm, How about ten? Certainly not. That's what we're offering. OK, I'll do it. And so they did. £10,000 each. I thought it was for charity. So did everybody else. The Daily Mirror. Uh, on the brink, Trump warns Russia... And uh, you can only hope it's it's some dreadful joke, isn't it, really? The Daily Star, smash glam wallop, girl ultras threaten three Lions fans. Uh, one tweet away from World War Three, but everybody talking about... I mean, they, they can actually get a 12-page pullout on Aintree. How is that possible? How is that possible? But they can. Uh, also, the funeral of Fury. This is the... Man, they say because he was unemployed, this was the burglar who died, uh, will be paying for the funeral. I do hope not. Uh, the Daily Mail. Here we go. Shrine outrage. Day two. First, the police stood by, say the Daily Mail, and did nothing. Yesterday, they told locals to respect family tributes to stab burglar outside OAP's home. What on earth's going on? The worst thing is that the tributes are on somebody else's fence, and he doesn't want them there, strangely enough. May's great gamble. Here she is. UK subs move within missile range of Syria as PM is poised to sideline Parliament and join Trump's attack. What for? I've got no idea. Uh, the Express today, another Aintree special. Amputee hero rides into history today. Why? It's best to be a lark, not a night owl. I can't work out whether I'm a lark or a night owl. I think I'm a, I think I'm a lark. I think I'm, but I'm not sure, actually, if I am now. I'll have to sort of work this out. Uh, one tweet from War, World on the Brink. This is mad as a fruitcake, uh, Donald Trump. And he said, get ready, Russia. They're coming nice and new and smart. Fantastic. Just what we need. Daily Telegraph, same thing. Russia vows to shoot down any and all missiles filed, fired at Syria. Uh, get ready, Russia, because they will be coming. He said, you shouldn't be partners with a gas-killing animal who kills his people and enjoys it. Can't disagree with that. I don't know why uh, Putin is sort of defending somebody who gasses his own people. I can't quite work that one out at all, but there you go. Stranger things. Household spares fines for recycling errors. Apparently, if you put small rubbish in the wrong recycling bins, you shouldn't be fined. Who's, who, who, who gets fined? Apparently, quite a number of councils. Quite a number. Uh, also, Toby Young, his plan to save the Open University. Uh, Battle of the Bouquets for the Stabbed Burglar. And Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook aren't as big as they seem. They seem pretty big to me. I don't know about everybody else thinking that one. Guardian, same thing. Also, what's in a cherry bakewell? We all like a cherry bakewell, don't we? Mr Kipling makes them. Loads of people make cherry bakewells. And they say it's Britain's favourite ultra-processed food. And they start... I don't know. Well, no, actually. Better. Uh, also, the murder that shocked Iceland. How one killing shook a nation's self of itself. Uh, police running out of leads on Stephen Lawrence. Trump. This is the Guardian front page. Trump telling Russia to get ready for US missile strikes in Syria. I mean, how close are we? How cl I mean, is he, is he pushing a button? What, what, I don't know what's happening. I'd like to know. I'd like all oh, second thoughts. Maybe I don't want to know. And for day two on this programme, I've ended up with the right racing post again. I keep meaning to take it home, but to be honest with you, it's quite a weighty page. There's a lot in it. 
you know, if I if I was a gambler, I would pro- I would probably do it. But I, I really don't know anything about horses and gambling. At uh, the Times, no, I don't want to rate you. Deborah Ross on the hell of online reviews. Uh, the majority of voters back a tax rise in aid of the NHS. Lovely. May prepares Britain to launch assault on Assad. I mean, I don't know. Tomorrow could be a completely different programme, you know. It really could be. We're getting ever closer. Air rage crackdown. Drunken air passengers uh, could be hit with on-the-spot fines of hundreds of pounds. They want to deal with this at uh, airports. I mean, I'm not bothered about that. I just want them removed and put in police custody. Put them in prison. Build more prisons if necessary. Too many people being let off. You know, drunks who can jeopardise the safety of flights. No, no, no. No, thank you very much indeed. If you're, if you're, if you've had a, ban airport drinking places. That that would solve it, doesn't it? If you can't get through a flight without a drink, there's something the matter with you. Uh, Also, um, Zuckerberg, defiant. It's the first time, actually, I've seen him sort of, you know, sort of be a little bit defiant. Uh, Also, top Republican quits. This is Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House of Representatives. Is to stand down, deepening the sense of turmoil in the White House. And that, as they say, is it for this morning. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Very grateful. We do it again tomorrow morning. Four o'clock, you will uh, you will be there, will you not, please? Or podcast or uh, stream it, because you can download the LBC app uh, and you can listen to all the programmes, including this one, for free for the last week. You can stream for the last seven days. And you can do that to get my free podcast as well on my little bit extra today. I've got hot celebrity news about Liam and Cheryl, the GC and Arge, and Ola and James Jordan. You will not want to miss these non-stories. I'll also tell you about a celebrity bash which took place at the old BBC television centre last night. Producers obviously hoping for some sort of freebie out of the uh, the new owners. Dustin Bieber is apparently dating an ice cream. You'll need to listen and find out why I'm a little bit extra shortly. Download the LBC app, tap on catch up. 10 o'clock this morning, James O'Brien. But next, it's Nick Ferrari at breakfast. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.